Welcome back to the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. I am Ernesto Sanchez. I'm here with Marty Griffin and John Downing. And we're here to give you a quick recap of this week in sports. What's up, gentlemen? Yo, yo. It's cold and well nigger's asshole out there, boys. I don't like it. It's so cold. <laughs> it sucks. It was very frigid. Um, but not as cold as... Um, not as, not as cold as it would be if, if uh, Patty Mahomes had won the uh, coin toss. Yes, they did not yet. We'll send Slater out there. Nobody has taken it from Slater. What a great weekend. Slater, knows, Slater knows the call. He Slater does. Knows the call. He is the man with the call. Called heads <laughs> in the Atlanta Super Bowl. They came back and won an OT. Called heads in this one yesterday. Excellent. Good job, Slates. Is that your hero of the game already? You just jumping right into it? <laughs> No, he's one of many. <laughs> I'd say there's 53 Fair plus enough. a bunch of coaches. But I mean, honestly, what a great, great couple of games that we witnessed yesterday. And there's so much to talk about later on in the show. That's for sure. I mean, it was one of the best Sundays that for championship weekend football I can remember. I, I mean, and I know that I'm clearly biased here, but I can't remember. I mean, you guys can fill me in. I mean, do you remember a better two games from championship Sunday? Like, as far as back and forth, competition-wise, like, going down, down to the, the end. end. There was a 7th grade basketball tournament I played in. Football. We, Football. No, no. I'm just talking. And, hey, <laughs> we talked about two of the greatest games back to Championship back. games. We played, played Breckenridge and Abilene. We won two big games back to back made the championship. Maybe we should it break it down. It stood forever in time. <laughs> break that down instead of the football. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Um, well, it is episode number 13, gentlemen. Uh, so, Marty, I assume you're going uh, with your personal hero, Odell Beckham Jr. Did you say 12? 13. Okay. We're getting really confused on this. Did, week I said by 13, week. didn't I? It's 13. It it's is different. 13. Did he say 13, though? I think I did. Yeah, I think All so. Right, we're going to rewind this later. Jesus to... Christ. I'm sorry. It's going to be one of those nights. I'm not sorry. Not, Steve Nash. Not only did you fuck that up, you totally stomped all over my joke. So, thank did you. Did I really? Was there a joke right there? Yeah, they Odell Beckham. Don't you hate the Giants? I don't even like want to like acknowledge that human being whatsoever. <laughs> so there's no joke there. That's fair enough to say, right? So honestly, like my my favorite my favorite thirteen, and I'll probably catch a lot of shit about this, but Steve Nash. Why you shit? Know? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of great thirteens like out Steve there. Steve Nash. He was a great. I mean, come on. Two-time uh, MVP, uh, eight-time NBA All-Star, but he, I loved him being from Texas, watching him play with uh, Dirk in Dallas. That that pick and roll, that like two-man game for that period, was almost as good as Stockton Malone, and those were two of the greats when it comes to I mean, two two two-man yeah. game, pick and roll, that kind of style. And I love watching him play, even when he went to Phoenix Suns, even when he played as the Lakers. And I Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Yeah, Canadian. Uh, I played on the uh, Canadian All-National team a couple times, too. Uh, was their All-Star as well. Uh, but just one of my favorites to watch him. Uh, one of the most legit standout kind of guys for the league as well. And anybody who has a career like that uh, should be honored. So that's my Steve Nash. All right. Uh, Johnny, you had some thoughts about the number 13 today? Well, so we've done 12 of these now, and I... You know, I, I'm, 
I have questions about what the purpose is of like, are we supposed to pick like the the player that we think is the best number thirteen, our favorite number thirteen, any number thirteen? Could it be the Patriots thirteen AFC championships? I'm sorry, Tom Brady's thirteen AFC championship games that he's been to. But then I was thinking, no, because <laughs> he's that's not really throw that in there. Is it? <laughs> You're a, slick, you're a slick little son of a bitch just trying to throw... This is You know the rules of this game. You just want to throw it in so and bleed more time for Tom Brady. Philip Dorsett because he caught the, a touchdown yesterday from Tom Brady. But then I was like, no, you know, they'll be it'll be more impactful if I go with Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> oh, Because wow. I know wow. that he's needed, but there's a transition. purpose here. There's a purpose behind it. If this is a true Boston podcast... Hey. I want to be on the level. I want people to... You're getting shit on the chest for this comment right <laughs> I, now. I want my bias out the window. Huh? I I want my biases out the window and it's I want Rodriguez, people Sanchez. <laughs> to respect my opinions because I see it, see things as they are. Yeah. Okay? But my, I have a purpose for Alex Rodriguez. My bigger purpose is that I don't want these steroid guys to be forgotten because right. I think that guys like Roger Clemens, my childhood hero... And then they Barry Bonds, the game. Barry Bonds. I don't the want game. them not getting into the Hall of Fame. So, and a guy that goes right along with this is Alex Rodriguez, number thirteen, born July twenty seventh, nineteen seventy five. Nicknamed A Rod, married to J Lo. He has six hundred ninety six career home runs. Finished with a two hundred two ninety five batting average. <clears throat> Three thousand one hundred fifteen hits. Two thousand eighty six RBIs. 14-time All-Star, 2009 World Series champion with the <clears throat> Yankees, three-time AL MVP, two-time Gold Glove winner, 10-time Silver Slugger award winner, four-time AL Hank Aaron award winner, batting champion in 96, five-time AL home run leader, two-time MLB RBI leader. First overall pick in the 93 draft by the Seattle Mariners. All right. I like it. You like that? Don't don't just like throw that away as like some like side comment he made like you can let it. You just like that. He's a legend. He is a, he is a legend. I like I also like Johnny's take on it with with the steroid guys. Um, you can't get it. you I can't just it. erase history and you know we've talked about this before. I I'd say give them all the performance enhancing drugs they want. Let's have super athletes out there. That's a different debate. Let's, we could get into sometime. Let's but fucking go for it. That's but pretty also, much the Tour de France, right? All of them were dirty. Yeah. Right? Also, all the guys in that era, uh, not all, but... But they need to be appreciated on some level. And I think no, about I mean, the Hall of Fame, the base... We can get the into this another time. The Maguire's, the Sosa. I just, thing. I had a... But that time came after that one major strike, correct? And it kind of saved the league. The Maguire Sosa era, those playoff the games, beat writers, in, like, the owners, yeah, they all looked the other way. Yeah, absolutely. Maguire had stuff in his locker. Palmero pointed at the Supreme Court and was like, just took that stand. I mean, they and knew then, it was ugly. The other thing is, is guys like Bonds, wow, A Rod, and not what I was expecting to get into. But I know, <laughs> I love it. I know, Bonds, A Rod, and Clemens were all Hall of Famers, Hall of Fame track. Yeah. Guys, before their steroids too, so there's also that to be. But anyway, I say no more. <laughs> I mean, I was a Rangers fan at that time. I'm talking about Paul Mara, Julio Franco. That guy just blew up overnight. Yeah, and became a freak of nature. But always hurt themselves. All those guys hurt themselves because they're just like genetic freaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, my number thirteen was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, September fifteenth, nineteen sixty-one. 
He was raised in the shadow of University of Pittsburgh's Cathedral of Learning, was the star quarterback and, and baseball player for the Central Catholic Vikings, uh, was drafted in the fourth round by the Kansas City Royals, uh, but declined uh, uh, to play college football for the University of Pittsburgh. And as a freshman, he led the Panthers to victory in the backyard brawl against West Virginia, as well as topping longtime rival Penn State. During his first three years at Pitt, uh, the team's record was 33-3. and He spent all 17 years of his pro football career with the Miami Dolphins. He was the 1983 Rookie of the Year, three-time first-team All-Pro, four-time second-team All-Pro, the 1984 NFL MVP and Comeback Player of the Year, five-time passing yards leader, three-time touchdown leader, nine-time Pro Bowler. Unfortunately... All-time tool bag. Yeah, all-time tool bag. Uh, Great model for isotoners. Co-star of one of the greatest movies... Uh, ever produced 155 wins uh, on his career the most of any quarterback without a Super Bowl win I am talking about of course he was my second pick he was a torch uh, grabber so I was watching a thing earlier this week on NFL Network and they were talking about how I've grabbed a couple torches well hear me out so they were saying that how the Chiefs Patriots game this week was going to be a torch passing game from from Mahomes taking the torch from Brady. Um, Steeler, no, I'm sorry, The was it the Steelers? I think it was the Steelers. Marino took the torch from the Steelers in 1983 by beating them. Yes, it was. And that's, I, I remember that because I, I knew that you would not like that. <laughs> so he beat them in the, in the AFC Championship game in 1983 or 84. Which year did he go to the Super Bowl? 84. 84. He beat the Steelers in the Championship game in 84 to go to the Super Bowl. Ending the Steelers' run of dominance from that era, um, but he did. He punter. did not go on. One to... of the best punters in, ever. I love Reggie Roby. Reggie Roby. Yeah, times all his kicks. Maybe. Bar, yeah. He would turn his, his watch on and like time the height of his kick, the length of his kick every time. He had a uh, Clayton and Dupa. Mock Dupa. Clayton and Dupa. Yes. Dan Marino had four thousand nine hundred sixty-seven <laughs> passes, sixty-one thousand three hundred sixty-one yards, four hundred and twenty touchdowns. With 252 interceptions, Hall of Famer. That's a lot of picks. Yeah. That's a lot of picks. Yeah. Wow. All right. Hence, no championship. Number 13, Dan Marino. (laughs) No, but he was actually truly my second pick. There's a lot of great 13s out there. What about Beckham? (laughs) Fuck off, Johnny. (laughs) This is going to be your hour. Like, you're just going to talk about it. Just going to slide in Brady comments on it and just, like, razz us both. That was an Odell Beckham. Yes, it was. Thank you. Well, speaking of fucking tool bags, uh, before we get into our analysis of this weekend's games, fucking Antonio Brown. uh, What are you going to do when he's back on the team next year and you're rooting for games and he's making plays for you? What are you going to do then? Swallow his pride. He's going to chew on some gummy bears and talk. Think about that before you bash. No, (laughs) I'm not. I'm not bashing. This is just. I'm sick of this. I was sick of this with Le'Veon Bell, even when he was on our team and this stuff was happening. But even still, like... This is the culture that Tomlin has allowed to be created within the system. Is it fair to say it's all Tomlin? I don't think... The organization? I don't think it's fair to say it's necessarily all Tomlin, but it does happen under Tomlin's... uh, On on his watch, you know? And um, big uh, steps towards changing the culture... 
um, in that locker room, especially, you know, they shot a hostage and fired Joey, Por- Joey Porter. So now that JPZ's gone, I'm hoping uh, it won't be the old boys club so much in there and they'll, they'll, they'll focus. The, the sad thing is you can't let him go. He knows this. He knows, like... You can't afford to let him go. You can't afford to let him go. Nobody can afford to pick you up. Like, he's he's in control of this whole situation. Yeah. And he's taking advantage of it, in my mind. This is where I get pissed off. Is like, this guy should be, in every way, silent. This isn't the Working NBA. on his relationship with this franchise. Right. Not so, the NBA. So, for those of you who, who, uh, who don't know, Antonio Brown, on the 19th, so that's Saturday, sent out a tweet, um, which was a video of... Him uh, being carried off with that calf injury uh, that happened against the Patriots in uh, 2017. And um, the the fans, the Pittsburgh fans, are cheering very loudly as he's getting carried off the field. And they're, they're chanting, MVP, MVP. And uh, so AB posted the tweet of that video with the caption, one thing I understand about this fan base and that I'll never forget and always appreciate is your passion. Know that it's all love this way, and I'm forever forever thankful for hashtag Steelers Nation emoji uh, hand praying. Uh, and then after that, in quotes, this is not a goodbye, just a thank you. Like, what the f- <laughs> Like, it's like when you get caught doing something bad and your parents like, what are you doing? And you're like, I wasn't. I wasn't doing anything bad, or <laughs> I wasn't just, you know, fucking smoking weed in the basement. You know, it's like, why? Why even? Okay, if you feel the need that you have to like, nobody's thought about you in a in a couple minutes, so you need That's to have like I was an attention exactly grab. About to say that nobody's talked about you in the last couple of days. So you need a little bit of attention grab. Go ahead. Post the video. A couple days before, he went on Jerry Rice's show and told Jerry Rice that he wanted to go play for the 49ers. Exactly. Who the... I mean... So he's, so he's, feeding, this, he's feeding this rumor, and it's, it's such like a manipulative backhand... I don't know. It just get, like, puts a bad taste in my mouth. You know, you could have even still done this, this tweet without the end. This is not goodbye, just a thank you. Uh, is uh, this where the disgruntled are starting to go, like to San Francisco? It's like Sherman hating like Seahawks and that whole situation to Antonio Brown. It's like the wayward franchise of bastard sons. Is this happen? You know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Run by Pastor Jimmy G. I don't you know, know dude. Jimmy G dates a was dating a a um, porn star, so I don't know that he's Pastor Jimmy G. He might play that in the role. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor, I hardly know. Her. Didn't even know that, Johnny. You deep didn't. In, deep in Jimmy G's. Woman. And you would be surprised that she doesn't look like you would think that she looks like. Oh, really? She's older too. Yeah, it's a little mm-hmm. older, giant jugs, like bright ass. It's a like a, like it's a, a comfortable pocket 90s, he can sit in. Yeah. Early nineties <laughs> points porn star, not the uh, not the like girl next door porn star uh, that we you know Pornhub all has us on. Yeah. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Uh, some exciting, right there. so some exciting uh, news in uh, Cowboys Land. Oh, Mr. Scott Lenahan is gone. Good He's so gone, so gone, <laughs> so, so gone. But we still have Gary. So that was all. That's the only announcement I have because I, I don't think there's going to be. 
a much shock of they're, they're talking about Kellen Moore coming in. They're talking about a couple of different coordinators. It's just going to be back to the Garrett play calling show in my mind of two years ago. So we'll see what happens. But uh, some they need to make some big offseason moves, and that's a later discussion to come. But it's good to see Linehan gone. It's it's so funny how that played out because Jason Garrett's like, oh, he's 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 honored. He's one of the He's one of our guys. We're gonna keep him. Like he's he's valued here. To two days later, like retracting, like uh, it's it's Jerry Jones's team. It's not mine, so I can't make that call. So they just still know how to make the hand headlines in the most ignorant ways. So congratulations, yeah. Cowboys. As, as soon as that uh, that announcement went out, I texted you. Yeah, and I was like, well, guess we know why Garrett retracted that statement. <laughs> he puts Pretty that much. out. Jones was probably like, like hey, you, listen, you, fucker. I was, I'm literally about. To fire him or gracefully say we're mutually, which we, this is what the headline was, separating. It's a mutual separation. I told you, you, Garrett, you cannot open your mouth unless I say so. Right. Right. <laughs> wow. Ass puppet. Anyway. Anything else you want to discuss oh, before we dive in? Yeah, Mike, Mike Munchak went off to, uh, to be the Denver Broncos O-line coach, um, I guess. Being the st- the the best, uh, or excuse me, really? Yeah, Denver. To be their O line coach? Yes. I, for some reason, when I had read that earlier, I thought it was offensive coordinator that he was going off to be. So he's he's leaving Pittsburgh to make a lateral move. I wonder if I wonder if he's sick of the culture in there. Yeah, that's what I thought when I saw it. Wow, that well, just an enormous loss. Um, for the uh, for the Steelers, you you saw what he's done with guys like uh, Matt Filer and B.J. Finney and uh, Chuksukora for even uh, this year. Um, well, it's been a position of depth for for the Steelers uh, since he's been there, and um, that's just so huge. I mean, when's the last time Ram- Ramon Foster even played a game or Marcus Gilbert? You know, those guys. Um, we're uh, we're we're hurt or unavailable for most of the last two seasons, and uh, guys have been, you know, filling in with little to to no fall off. Uh, so um, Mike Munchak will be severely missed. There's a lot of that typical end of the season shuffling and recycling of coaches. You got Arians going to Tampa Bay. You got crazy eyes going to the Jets. Yeah, I figured we could like start to talk about the changes next next yeah. week when we have. Yeah, just setting the stage a little yeah. bit, but like there, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see like what comes about with certain head coaches going to certain places. I think it's going to be exciting to see what what comes to the table for sure. Yeah, you always have to follow the new coaching. Yeah, changing. for sure. All right, so we'll head right into uh, the weekend. Um, We'll go ahead and get all the dick sucking out of the way first. Uh, Oof, I'm my gummy bears ready. <laughs> and lead with... Uh, Why don't you guys talk about it then? Patriots versus... Kid- oh, we're all going to talk about it. Patriots at the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium. Um, crazy loud building, but man, after uh, watching what they did in the Dome, it was uh, whew, unbelievable. 37 to, uh, to 31... The Patriots win in overtime. Uh, first drive of the overtime period. Just went down, got it done. Um, 
absolute thriller. Um, had had the look of a game that was going to be, you know, that typical Patriots uh, control it early, blow them out, and just you know, I th- I thought the Pats were going to at the end of the first quarter. I thought the Pats were going to win by three scores. Um, it was just the atypical start to a great Belichick. The Patriots came in with the game plan. They had the game plan. They and they adjusted the from the first game that they played against Kansas City Week 6, the 43-40 victory where they had in Foxborough. They made the adjustments they needed to make. The Chiefs, they did not make the adjustments they needed to no. make. You see it, you can, and you can see it all over the field. They went, went, in, went in with a plan on offense, defense, defense and special teams, everything. and they executed them for almost the entire duration of the game. And they executed it almost flawlessly, except for a few few moments. For a few moments, I mean, just to you know, talk about the game plan to come in and play almost smash mouth football with a running game and knock them back on their heels and create that that limit, gap in the middle, limit the pass rush, limit the pass rush, and we'll talk about like heroes and like and Nestle's got a little segment we're going to talk about here, but like talking about game changers for Gronkowski to have the game he did blocking and securing the pass offense, but also the rushing side of the offense and how he was blocking and to be that key late in the game was phenomenal to watch and I don't you know this is a guy who's been up and down with injuries for for the last few years now and just like learning how to exit it almost ended terribly yeah if that D Ford penalty doesn't happen in the fourth quarter under two minutes to go when the Patriots are trailing and going on that drive and Brady throws that ball to the right Near line of scrimmage, it's high to Gronkowski. That would have been Brady's, and it, it so it goes through Gronkowski's hands, right through his hands, is intercepted, and that would have been Brady's third pick. It would have been if Gronkowski retires, which we all assume is what right. is what's going to happen. That would have been the way he went out. He went out as well, and uh, it also we the way you know Edelman would have gone out with similarly with a tipped pick on a previous possession. And I kind of hate to like the whole. Snapchat or like Facebook videos afterwards. I don't really get into that, but like when Brady and Gronk were doing that little walk through the mm-hmm. tunnel at the end of the game, it was kind of a defining moment. Like you counted us out, you thought we were done. These two guys were fading out. Well, they were the done if D Ford didn't help them out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but so that comes into the other thing with the Patriots that I want to talk about. You know, I listen to a lot of these shows during the week on NFL Network and Four Letter Network that we don't like to mention, and. The Patriots prepare to play 60 minutes or more. You know, they run that notorious hill in the back of their practice field over and over and over again because they know that these games, especially in the postseason, can go down to the wire, and often they do for the Patriots. So they're prepared. So And they hold a couple of key so calls at that for point, perfect times in the game. At that point in the game, they had run over 80 offensive plays. And when you're a defensive lineman, you're so tired at that point in the game I think it was uh, Nink, Rob Dinkovich, ex-Patriots player, who was saying the other day, he was saying, when you're at that point in the game and you're so tired, you can't even think straight, you don't even know what you're doing. So that's the only explanation you can have for why D. Ford, a lineman who can see the ball, who can see the, the line the marker on the, on the side of the field, has yeah. his hand down and he's all lined up offsides. Unbelievable. I mean, that's a play, like, he's not going to be able to return to the Chiefs. He is, he is the actual, like, scapegoat. In Kansas City, because we'll get to that in a little bit. Why is that? <laughs> With our heroes, villains, scapegoats, and uh, and 
Well, it's just, it was such an impactful play. Like he is just—he's not going to be able to play there anymore because he is the guy that cost them the game. The game was over. Yeah, that game was over on that interception. Yeah. So I don't deny that the Patriots—they need some luck, and they—you know—I think all great but, teams need a little luck. And Patriots got their if luck. If you're that well evenly matched, it comes down to those little things yeah. in my mind. And I got to let go of that in the moment sometimes. When I think about like, yeah, it's that one thing. That define that moment. They don't deserve it, but it's it's just a lot of other things you can like bring into the picture. Luck, uh, luck is when what skill and yeah. opportunity meet. Yeah, and great preparation. And it, it, it was what it was to say yeah. that they didn't. I don't know. So how do you want to break this down? You want to go with like first quarter, first play. The Patriots took the first first quarter. You know, Patriots take the take the ball first. Oh, the Chiefs deferred. They won the coin toss to open the game. And they deferred to take Which the I was great. opening kick in the second half because they want yeah. to set up the double right. score thing the Patriots like to do. So the Patriots take the ball, and they know going into the game that they want to limit the amount of times that Mahomes, Mahomes has his offense on the field because they know just how explosive they are, specifically especially at home in Arrowhead. Yeah. So they go on a almost an epic 15-play march down the field that takes over half the quarter in the first quarter and they cap it off with a Sony Michelle touchdown. They convert three third downs. Sony Michelle looked amazing. And then the in this defense, game. you know, the the points James at the end, too. the score was thirty seven to thirty one. But I feel like that doesn't show how well or how good of a defensive game plan that Brian Flores put together with Belichick to come in and stop Mahomes because they didn't have any points at halftime. It was fourteen to nothing at halftime. The defense really adjusted. They put two of the faster unknown guys on to double Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Okay. And then they put the young cornerback, JC Jackson, who's kind of physical and who mm-hmm. had a lot of penalties in the fourth quarter, but they put him on Travis Kelsey because Kelsey is more like a receiver. Yeah, exactly. And then they put Gilmore, their number one cornerback, on Watkins. You know, I, I like the way that they set that up. And then Devin McCourty, you couldn't even see him on the screen because he was so far, far back. back. He was a get Not the fuck get back the big play. safety. And he was playing so far back the entire game because they were just saying, don't let anybody get by you. Nobody right. gets by you tonight. Or if you hang a long pass out there, he can recover from that distance too. Right. They're just taking that. that long so I like that approach. Yeah. And then they and then they they pick and they picked and choose their moments to to rush Mahomes. You know, a lot of people thought coming into this game that the way to attack Mahomes would do the the zero blitz. You know, where you don't have anybody over the top in coverage back. Everybody's on the line of the scrimmage, and you brush as many guys to the quarterback as you can, covering the receivers and the tight ends one-on-one and just hope that the rush can get to the quarterback, Mahomes, before he can find a receiver. And that's what people thought the Patriots were going to do. They saved that until the fourth quarter when they absolutely needed it. Yeah. And I thought that was really smart. So they kind of came up with their own plan that they thought was better than what other people thought they would do. Well, the whole whole first half, uh, the time of possession was... Was ridiculous. Ridiculous in favor of New England. And, you know, just uh, reading the drive chart here... Uh, five uh, for Kansas City possessions. Uh, five plays punt. Three plays nine yards punt. Seven plays forty nine yards punt. Um, the first first dra- uh, first drive was negative six yards. Right. You know. So that's that's how they you know head into the tunnel. Um, the first half was, couldn't have gone any better for me as a Patriots fan personally. The only thing that that gave me. And I was thinking about it for the most of the game because they went up seven to nothing, and then they get the ball back, and they, the they go on another drive, and they get down to the one yard line, and it's that second down. On, they're on the one yard line, and they do a ball, a play action that fake so to Michelle, like. and then they he Brady tries to slip it over the defense yeah. to Gronkowski, but the ball 
wasn't as far extended out as far as enough as it should have been. And the, the Chiefs also, played the it well. The commentary said also it was called on the sideline by a defensive player. Like, I've seen this set up. Like, draw you back on the linebacker. Right before it, too. Yeah. The defensive guys, like, can't talk to each other. Yeah. So, like, they knew something was up. They just seen you're something. You're running the ball so well at that point. Why don't you just, you're on the right. one-yard line. Slam it in. Slam it, slam it in. in. I don't understand why they did yeah, that. Every bit Didn't of confidence in your line to keep pushing forward to get that one yard you need. It, it was just cute? a weird call to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely weird. I mean, that took me by surprise. I'm like, oh my God, that just changed the whole landscape of the game. Absolutely. Right there. It was Pete Carolinian. Absolutely. It could have changed the entire aspect of the game. And, it, and you know, for the duration of this crazy fourth quarter that we're going to get into, that play was in the back of my mind like, oh man, we could have used those at least three points because right. at minimum they would have gotten a field goal out of it. So like most of the game I'm thinking, hey, man, I wish they were up two scores. I wish they were up at least 10 nothing right now. But thankfully, you know, right before halftime, they get the ball back and they march down the field quick. James White had a nice 45-yard gain down the sideline to get them in position, and they were able to punch it in for a touchdown. I don't make remember it 14 what the stat was in, right before halftime. Yeah. I don't remember what the stat was in the first half, but he accounted for six of those first downs. I don't know what the total was of first downs, but he had six. But he wasn't used as much as he usually is but in this game. He was so vital. He had so Early many on, big yeah. third-down plays that were, like, huge. Him and Sonny Michelle, Sonny Michelle were, like, just unbelievable in stepping up in that role right there. I, I thought that was the defining moment of well, the Well, the Patriots game. offensive line, they're the unsung hero yeah. of this team this year because, you know, nobody likes to they talk about the offensive line. Week but they Offensive line coach Dante Scarnecchia is one of the best offensive line coaches of all time, in my opinion. And these guys have been together for a long time, and they're a really good offensive line. If you look at their pro football focus grades, they're all really good. The only guy who usually struggles is Trent Brown, and Trent yeah. Brown, he has the talent and, and the size and the ability. He's cleaned it up. He's and now, cleaned it up big time. Now look at what they're doing as a unit together. So yeah. in my opinion, they are the underappreciated guys on the Patriots that are really, like, I think above, almost above anyone else except for Brady, who's like having a coach on the field, are, are putting this Super Bowl run into motion for the Patriots. All right, so we recap that. We got 14 nothing Patriots at halftime. We come out, the Chiefs get the ball to start the second half, and what happens? They go right down the field. Yeah. Three minutes, score a touchdown. Boom, boom, boom. Travis Slide Kelsey, 14-7, and then it was like, oh, boy, this, this is where I really thought, man, those extra three points or a touchdown, then that Brady interception – really could have helped. Did you think there was a dictation in some ways of just too much conservative play call for Kansas City in the first half? Or uh, just complete dominance by the defense, by the No, Patriots? and the other thing was in the first half, Mahomes also missed a, missed a touchdown throw. So there was one drive where he, they got down on a, after a 45... Their one catch by Tyree Kill, it was 42 or 45-yard completion yeah. down the right sideline to Tyree Kill that set them up in field goal range. But then the play right after that... Mahomes had a guy wide open, and even Kelsey threw his hands up. They thought they had a touchdown, and Mahomes overthrew him. Right. All right? And then on the two plays later, Mahomes he, gets, gets sacked, sacked and it like takes him out of field goal range, loss, which yeah. is another reason why it was 14 nothing at halftime. So it's 14-7 coming out of the half. Third quarter is kind of a struggle again. Patriots are able to get the ball down the field. Their offense isn't really moving like it was. Yeah. They are able to get the late the field goal to make it 17-7. to but then the Chiefs get the ball back at the end of the third quarter, and they're driving down, and they're right at the doorstep, about to score more points entering the fourth quarter. Are you at the fourth quarter now? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the fourth quarter opens up. Chiefs touchdown, 17-14, to 14, and I feel like that's where chaos ensued. Right. You're, you're in the dark. We don't <laughs> hear from you anymore. That's, Actually, we didn't yeah, hear from you. That's where it was ever. time to go I knew, for a walk. I knew like, <laughs> you were 
probably just tearing carpet, flooring, whatever is in your house. Just it was right bad. Out, just pacing. At that it was point. bad. I, I literally, st- I vomited in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to go for a couple walks. It was just, it's so stressful to watch these Patriots games. And they're never not like that. Well, I'm sorry. I guess I can't say that because they beat the shit out of the Chargers last week. They pummeled them, and that was a dream playoff game. But most play Patriots playoff games, Super Bowls, whatever, are exactly like this. Always have that dramatic. Like, and it's unbelievable. Why does it always have to be a heart attack? Always. It's at least got to be somewhat of your penance for having such amazing franchises. Like you got to have a little. All right, bit of I'll take that. There. I'll take that. Is that I agree fair? With that. That comes with the Red Sox too, in a lot of ways. There's so a turmoil over the years. True. But there's so we gotta get in this fourth quarter because I feel like this fourth quarter is what separated this game and made this circus. game one of the top ten games of all time. So right after the Kansas City touchdown, um, the Patriots drive the field again, fifty-one yards over five minutes, and then uh, at the twenty-five uh, yard line, it's fourth and one. They uh, run Rex Burkhead up the middle. Yes, and they yeah. Uh, Sorensen just grabs hold of him and Dirty Dan was making plays. It was he was. That was a hell of a tackle. So this tackle. so this for me, I don't know what you guys thought. I'd like to get your opinion, but I thought at this point there was there were still eight minutes to go around this time, right? right. Okay, at this point of 17-14 Patriots, I thought that they should have taken the three points and the field goal here. It would have been like a forty two yard kick. Okay, which isn't a gimme, but still, he had um, Gustavski had already made a 48-yarder in the same direction earlier in the quarter or in the third quarter. So, and my opinion is to take the three points, make it 20 to 14, and then if Mahomes and the Chiefs go down and score and make it 21-20, then all you need is for the Patriots is to go down and kick a field goal, and then you win the game. Yeah. Of course, a lot more action happened than that, but that that's what my opinion was. What did you guys think they should have done? Oh, you got to go for it there. Go for it? Yeah. I'm going to go for that. Really? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those territories. Romo agreed, too. I think it's just... Well, I don't... I know. I know we love Romo, but... Belichick's going to go for this every time. But we'll get into this with the Rams and the Saints game, too, because there was a similar thing that happened with the Rams when they decided to take the points and not go for the win at the end of their game. Right. Before the Saints went on their final epic drive. Yeah. So we gotta, we'll get into these discussions here, but in my opinion, at that point, I think they should have taken the three to make it 20 to 14, just because it's easier to score, but you know, you chaos know. ensued after. So, all right, so they don't get it at 17 14. The Chiefs get the ball back. Punt it away. No, they don't punt it. Oh, oh, oh wait, so the Patriots forced the punt from the Chiefs. <laughs> yes. Okay. Three, three plays, two yards, punt. And then, um, was. That's the the interception going for uh, Edelman. Sorensen gets it again. Okay, so the punt. The punt. This was the Edelman. Oh, This right, was the right. Edelman. That's what I thought. I, I thought he touched it. I thought he touched it. Initially, what I saw, I thought he touched it. I don't think he touched it, but I don't think there was enough to overturn the call. I game. agree. I agree yes. with that. I don't think he touched it, but I also don't think there was enough to overturn it. I agree with that. I mean, it, but, it's, and, it's, and it's and one he thing when they end on the commentary in the game. They're like... They're, you just got to be confident about what you see to overturn the call. I'm like, exactly. So right. how can you say that? But you also understand that on the muff punt situation right there, he couldn't have advanced it for a touchdown. It's right. a muff punt. Well, right. So they would have gotten yeah. the ball right there on the 20-yard line. They showed it in so many angles. That it, to me, it didn't look like he touched it. So I thought, in the end, they got the call right. Yeah, however... I'm not hanging my hat on that part of the game as, as, a, as, however, as a game's 
Well, this is why. However, because two or three plays later, so they overturn it. Patriots get the ball back. Pass to Edelman. Tips through his hands. Goes to Dirty Dan Sorensen. Gets the interception. And the Chiefs have the ball back down. 14 to 17. And then what happens? They punt it away. Or, uh, they no, sorry. They score a touchdown. Yes. This was the... Williams, uh, right? This was the screen... Yeah. Right to Damian Williams yep. down the, on the on the left side. Right for thirty something yards. Which was a great play call. Excellent. You great, can see Claiborne. Claiborne almost yeah. had him, but and then you know once he caught the ball, it was just it was he was gone. There was nobody to catch him. And then so the Chiefs go up twenty-one to seventeen. And how much time is left in this game at this point? Um, uh, seven forty-five. Seven forty-five. Okay. Seven forty-five. Chaos to play. is just getting started. Yeah, I mean, after that, after that interception, it took two plays and twenty-three yards to make that happen. So they're just advancing at this point. So you're scared as shit. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm getting nervous and scared thinking about it. Ten plays, seventy-five yards later, on a fourth and one, at the Kansas City ten. Sony Michelle. Oh, so this is where they take the ball. They march down the field. Right. This is every, like, Romo call right here. If Gronk's on the outside, they're going to go in, or it's going to be Edelman in the middle. They're just marching down. But I could see that they were leaving too much time on this one. Oh, they absolutely. Were, they were, so they scored with how much time left? Well, they started this drive at 7.45. But like, I, I know, I know, I know. It's not that they were, like, leaving too much time. It's just that there was too much time. You right. know, there just was too much time. And that's why when you see they show the owner's box and they show the crafts, Getting all excited, and the people I was with were getting all excited, and I'm thinking to myself, but there's too much time. <laughs> so it's not over yet. There's too much time. Right. And so the score at this point was... Uh, after the touchdown? So after the Sony Michelle's touchdown made it 24-21 Patriots? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And then the Chiefs get the ball back. And in five plays, 68 yards, in a minute and 29 seconds, marked right back down again. Quickly. Yep. Another Damian Williams two-yard run. Yeah. Right over the middle for two yards. Making it 24, uh, 28 to 24. That was that busted inside play where he could, where he, could, he could have gone for like 15, 16 more yards, but kind of fell. And they marched, they continued to march on. Oh, Watkins yeah. fell. Yeah, yeah, Watkins got it down like the 10-yard right. ten yard line. Right. And this was, there was also, this is where they started calling the pass interference penalties on J.C. Jackson on this drive, too. Right. Which the first couple I thought were fair. The final one, I did That final one I didn't agree with either. But we'll get to I, that. Yeah. Okay, so the Chiefs go ahead there, 31-28. to 2.03 left in the game at that point. I'm, I'm laying in bed right here thinking there's absolutely no way um, Tom's not going to come down and score a touchdown here. Like there was no doubt in my mind. So, you know, at this point, I'm looking. Wait, so it wasn't 31-28. It was 24-28. 28-24 Chiefs. Right. So the Patriots needed a touchdown. Yes. That's what that's what gave me pause was that they needed a touchdown, not a field goal. And I knew that you know getting touchdowns he had, he had and two, their offense had been struggling. He had, he had two minutes and three timeouts to work with. Okay. I like your faith. I do. I love it. <laughs> it's yeah. It is the. I'm probably Still a bigger believer me. in Tom Brady than even you. Are. I know. I know. Because I always. I just have that negative fear of the worst type brain. So. Well, the fear of the worst for me is Tom that Brady doing Tom, well. Man. That beats Tom. <laughs> and even Romo's like nobody else would rather have with the ball right now. And I'm like, oh my god. I don't know. So they they march down the field 
And, and this was on this drive was where you know they had a pass to Gronkowski that would have been the yeah. interception. Right. But D Ford was offside. Right. And the game would have been over with like a minute, some, been, a minute uh, to go or under a minute. It was like forty something seconds to go. And I'm sorry, Johnny. I was punching cushions at that point. Oh really? Like, how could you fuck this? And they threw the flag up. and nobody knew what the flag was. Yeah. Oh, but we have to get before that. There was the roughing the passer call. On that um, was such a on Jones, they oh, called that man. roughing the passer. That was terrible. The refs, not a not a great weekend for uh, NFL officials. I thought he maybe grazed his face. Oh Jesus! Oh, fucking but no, oh, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it was a was a good call. I'm not saying it. Trust me. I want to be fair and balanced here. I want to be fair and balanced. I really do. I really want to be fair and balanced. I no, it was a terrible call. It was a fucking terrible call. I admit that. Of course, the Patriots got a lucky big big fucking lucky break. But I did thought. Think that he did graze his face mask, but the, you still you shouldn't have called that. He wasn't in position. The, the ref wasn't in position to call it. Right. Uh, so Blakeman really helped out the Patriots after there review, because Edelman it, did it was not a third touch down. his face mask. <laughs> that what? I said after review, Edelman did not touch his face mask. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair We're enough. So there's that play, and then so then we had the D Ford offside play come after that, and man, it's just chaos just thinking about it. And yep, then they so, score with 39 seconds to go. And I'm thinking there's there's no chance they can make this happen. And so they go up. What was that? So they went up 31-28. Patriots go up 31-28. And they get a good return. Nice return. Uh, how does that always happen? I know. How does that always happen? It's like you never try to return it for three when quarters. When there was 39 and all of a seconds left, I thought it was... It. Yeah. There's, they had, what, one timeout? They had one timeout, 39 seconds left, and I'm like... Oh, they should have this. They should have this. But, but, the, but the Chiefs are that explosive. There was the pass interference call. Yeah. Yep. On uh, it was a uh, twenty-seven yard uh, to uh, Robinson. Demarcus Robinson. That's yeah. right. And then so they get the ball. The Chiefs get the ball down. What yard line was that to? Uh, to the 48. Okay. No, that was it was even after that. No, that was to the New England 48. 21. It was to the 21. They got down to the 21. For a 39-yard field goal. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so, yeah. but there was 16 seconds left on the 21-yard line, okay? Yeah. And then they, they did one play. They tried a little back, Mahomes, back of the end zone. He threw it, he threw it out of bounds, yeah. okay? What do, you, do you guys think that they should have – they had no more timeouts. Do you think they should have tried to run one more play to the end zone if you're the Chiefs? I don't know how – you're going to put a rookie, not a rookie, excuse me, ooh, that's your, your terminology, second-year player, <laughs> excuse me. Barely. In, the, Barely. <laughs> in that position. He's a rookie of mine. Uh, put, him in a, put him in a moment of chancing to try to make a, a big play. So I think it was safe to, like, throw it out of, the end, out of bounds, out of the back of the end zone, that one play, and just settle with it. I just don't know. I if think you, you should have went for it, man. I know. I get it. You're going against just Brady like, and the coin toss. Yeah. But you know what? In the long run... He didn't lose this game. And if he threw an interception right there to decide the game, he lost that game. Well, you gotta go and for the win. Defined, if you're gonna take down the champs. I don't but you still went to overtime. Flip of a coin, that's the fifty fifty. Yeah. And if you win it, you win. You you you're judging the coin toss. If I if, if this anyone was my team, team I would have been pissed toss. if they didn't take one more chance. I would have been like I don't know. I think you saved I mean, but that's also second down, so if there's a fumbled like little snap on the field goal, you have another chance yeah, to it. It was second down. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So he could have done one more play. But you're reserving that for maybe then you a would have third and fourth to kick down. a field goal. I guess the time would have been short then. Yeah. What I'm saying is like if you bobble that snap 
and for some reason have to lay on the ball, or you get a penalty, you have time to adjust. I just feel like it's an Andy Reid bungle there. Well, we yeah, get into, we'll, we'll get that, into the uh, categories here in a second, too, took, what we talked about. Took that about. time out with him, huh? So I get it, I get it, but I just don't. They made it to overtime. They did what he needed to do. He went down thirty nine seconds. I would have gone. The game. I, I would have wanted my team if it was if they, that was my team. I would have wanted them to oh take one more shot for the win. We go back to fucking Houston and Colts in England. About Mahomes can fire a twenty one yard pass to the end zone. You're saying that, but if you're on the other end, I don't think you're saying that. Well, if I'm the Patriots, obviously I don't. I didn't want that to happen. <laughs> no way. I'm just. I was fearing that. That's what I was afraid of. I was like, I'm like, they're gonna run another play and they might get a touchdown. And they did decide to field goal. I was like, opposite end of that, you're like, you don't run this play because ah, you can like (laughs) fuck it up. Like, no. If you throw an interception, like I told you not to go for it. It's a good debate. That's not a debate. That was one sided right there because like I'm not talking about the Patriots. (laughs) No, it is a good debate. Like, do you take the field goal and go safe, or do you go for the win? Well, they took the field goal. They went for the win by tying the game. Harrison Butker. Drains the thirty-nine-year-old, thirty-nine-year-old, thirty-nine-yard field goal. Oh my heart's uh, racing. Send them God damn it. thirty-one all. Send us <laughs> into the second uh, extra time uh, situation of the day. Like what, John? Do you know when the last time? Never. There were I two. Think. Not in football. No. Another fucking Another record foul. for Tom Brady to break. <laughs> Let me get my gummy bear ready. Let's talk about this. Oh Jesus! So it's the end of the half. And no, it's the end of the game. End of the game, Regular excuse game, me. Yeah. Right, yeah. And um, we're into extra time. First of all, how do you feel about the overtime rules before we get into what happened? I they don't like it. How, what I do you think it should be? What's your solution? I, I think, think if they, they score a touchdown, you get a chance to match it. And would you feel the same way if Brady was on the uh, losing end? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I haven't liked the overtime rules. This, I is, like this is unusual territory for you to talk about, fair and balanced. I, I, like, I do personally like it because I think <laughs> that if you can... You, you, to be a, a championship team in the NFL, a Super Bowl winning team, you have to be able to play complete. Like uh, offense, defense, special teams, you have to be able to do everything well. And in order to advance in this situation, you should at least be able to hold the other team to a field goal, right? Like, okay, we're going to get into the other game. But the other team, the Saints, were the one that tossed. And Drew Brees, he got his opportunity. He was pressured, and he threw an interception, you know? So who's to say, you know, the defense stepped up for the Rams. The defense did not step up for the Chiefs. Right. The Patriots almost simulated exactly, so they win the coin toss. Slater goes out, calls heads, it's heads, we want the ball. Patriots get the ball, 25-yard line, march 13 plays down the field. Uh, they convert three third and tens. Three. First two to Julian Edelman. The third one was to Rob Gronkowski. You have three third and tens, and you can't stop them as a defense? You don't deserve to win then. You need to be able to hold them to a field goal to give your offense a chance. So that's – if you can't hold them to a field goal, that's on you, in my opinion. I you get know? that. I get that, but I just feel like – and then Reed should have called the timeout when the Patriots had the ball down on the one or two yard line there mm-hmm. at the end. His players were gassed. So that was their 92nd, 93rd, 94th play of the game for the Patriots while the Chiefs were only at 47 players for the game. So it was a 2-1 to one ratio. And those Chiefs players were at the end of the 12-13 play drive that the Patriots were running, getting the ball run down their throat, mind you. They were gassed. And Andy Reid took all those timeouts to, to the offseason with them. Yeah, when you talk about converting 19... 19- out of 19 third downs, 13 of them for first down. Right. 
You're leaving that gas defense well, you out. Gotta, I mean, like if you're you, a championship team, you've got to make at least one of those third and ten stops. I, I get third that. And 10. I get that. I just feel like that it's only fair because, especially nowadays with how limited defenses are and like how they can play the game, you look at like a Rams in Kansas City on a Monday night, which we watched, and just like how wide open this is, how atrocious the, the defense is. The reason I didn't be. love that game as much as everyone else is because there did lack the little bit of defense, defense that I wanted. We hated, you and I both hated that. Yeah. We didn't think it was the best game ever. Yeah. One of the most So I like, the, I like the NFL rules now as exactly, they are. Exactly. I, I just think like they, they, it's only fair in a situation like that for the given chance to score seven points. Defense as well. has to help you, help you out on the offense. It's a team game. I'd, it's a I'd team say, game. Listen, hear me out on this. Um, each team gets a possession starting from their own 40-yard line. And if both teams scores uh, on that drive. How long the drive? Are you talking about four downs? No, no. No, you start from your 40, and you okay. either go and you punt, or, okay. you, or you kick a field goal or whatever you can get, or you score a touchdown. Right, so let's say you score a touchdown. So, them so you think the, you the opposing team them fifteen yards? Should, Every, the opposing team should get a chance to match that touchdown. Yes, at least. I just think the defense should be able to make a defense or special team should make the stop. I agree, and they can. You can make the stop and keep them at a field goal, but so that when your team goes down, you can win with a touchdown. Well, that's or, how it was. That's how it is. Right, I understand that. But if they go down and they just march down and score a touchdown. touchdown you should have the chance to respond. You respond with a touchdown, next score wins. Your defense had the but chance to respond. I, I get that, but you imagine what that defense, per se, given this game, Kansas City, like endured, and like how much they were on the field, and they still somehow came back and tied that game and pushed the overtime. It also says that's kudos to the offense to say, give them another chance. Defense should have done better. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I, get that, I have no sympathy for the Chiefs also, defense. And also, the, the, no, and changing the rules no, 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 because they don't like Tom Brady. I'm talking about that's not it. That's decision. not it. That is not it. Is this is these not rules exclusive. were changed when when they did. people this got mad exclusive. because Brett Favre didn't get the ball in 2009 in overtime. This that's why these rules are changed. We're going to keep changing the rules to fit whatever we want to happen. I don't like it. One of your your guy your guy created a big rule himself. In the oh. tuck rule, that rule was in place beforehand, and in fact, that rule had that flip, that same play happened to them earlier that in that season fumble. on a Vinny Testaverde fumble, same exact play, and that's how Belichick knew that the right call was supposed was that the right call on the tuck, on the Brady tuck play against the the Raiders. Wow, I don't know about the same thing happened. Testaverde was with the Jets, same thing. Ball was coming forward. They thought it was a fumble. It was ruled an incomplete pass. The rule is what the rule was. Oh, God. I'm going to hang myself with my headphones. His lower back tattoo says that. My Jesus Christ. All right, so let's get into our... Well, um, so the Patriots win, 37-31. to Yeah. Rex Burkhead slams home one-yard touchdown. Second touchdown of the game, second straight touchdown. Patriots win, move on to their... Tom Brady's ninth Super Bowl, which is more than any other franchise all time. And all Steelers have eight. Um, it's the Patriots' 11th Super Bowl appearance. And all the shit I talk, given what we talked about with the overtime, strike that from the record. What a fucking amazing performance by the Patriots. And I give you props to that. Props to that franchise. Props to Tom Brady. Gronkowski. Edelman. These guys were like just question marks all through the season. You know, they fit that narrative. They wanted to play that role. They wanted to be the underdog. They fed off that. And they it just worked out. 
just for even Josh McDaniels to call that flea flicker call oh, in no. that game. Oh, no overtime. Just to send that, yeah. just to send that signal like we're we're gonna score, we're yeah. gonna score, whatever it takes, we're gonna score. And that was a statement. Play they're a special right there. group. There's this Edelman, Gronkowski, Brady, and this is me. Group. Like they're a special group together. This is me, two gummy bears deep in my cheek, sucking heavily on the Patriots. You know, the Patriots in 2001, 3 and 4, they were a special group too, with Brewski and Harrison and Seymour and all those guys. That, but it was a different team. And in 07, 08, 09, they went through some, you know, the undefeated season and some changes there, Brady's injury. Yeah. But then they kind of remolded themselves, and now this group of Edelman, Gronkowski, and Brady, now they're a different special group, which is amazing in itself. And I, and I, I don't want to, like, Disregard him for the record. Let's throw James White in there too. Yep. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. come on. This guy is absolutely. You know, all the heroes don't lie necessarily in the stats and what him and Gronk did away from the ball, away from the play. This this game and how he showed up in third downs, meaning yeah. White and how Gronk blocked for the running game was an incredible thing to watch. It really was. And how nice is it to have a guy like Brady on the field? Now, Brady, I don't give him an A, A-plus performance for this game. It was a good performance, and it was exciting at could the end. It could have been easily three, because three interceptions. I think, right, it could have easily been three interceptions, although two of those would have been tipped. Yeah. You know, so which, who, you, who is to blame? Who really knows? However, early in the game, you could tell that the cold was having an effect on the way that he was throwing the ball. He wasn't as crisp. He wasn't as sharp. As sharp. With the ball, he did get better as the game went along. When the team needed it, he was almost completing everything except for a couple of Quarterell Patterson late drops on the yeah. overtime drive right. that he right, had right, there. Right. But it wasn't his A plus game. But the thing about Brady on the road in that environment, the crowd going nuts, it's a it's his brain, and it's he's it's like having a coach, an offensive co- coordinator on the field. Right. You know, there's a very distinct difference no. between watching Brady deal with the crowd noise and watching Jared Goff deal with the crowd That's noise. That's exactly what I wanted to get into. They, um, t- Tom Brady was one prepared. They had signals ready to go. Hand checks, line checks. You, you, you Calm, start, cool, it start, collected. It would start out from the right tackle and work its way down to the left tackle. Calm, cool, of collected. How, of how Precision. they communicated. Surgical. You see a hand raised up on that snap. It was it was a non-call snap, and it was the right guard calling the center to the snap. He'd raise his hand every time to say when that hand comes down, it's going to snap the ball. I don't know yep. if you guys. And they didn't have one game. pre-snap penalty. Yeah, they didn't allow it was one. A pretty clean 94 game. Ninety-four snaps. They didn't allow Besides one sack. Besides that, one big the, offsides call. It was a pretty clean game from both sides. To the to the team that led the NFL in sacks on the season, the Chiefs. They didn't allow one sack in ninety-four fucking offensive plays. Not one. Yeah. In fact, I think Brady. The only time Brady was touched was on the, on the shoulder on that bullshit that roughing bullshit the passer call. call. Yeah. Just right. an impressive performance. If, like I said to you guys off the show before air, if you look at the total stats and the numbers for these games for this <laughs> I've game, I've shot all right like nine. This times. is like the first Lord of the Rings. Jesus like, when's this thing gonna Christ. end? <laughs> I mean, well, if you like ending. football, you'd like you have to like this game, right? No, no, no. It, it's not I, ending I, yet. No, We're gonna you. keep talking about it. So let's move on. To our but I'm not done because if you look fuck. at the stats of this game, <laughs> the Patriots had had over 500 yards of offense. Okay, the Chiefs had 290. So the, the yardage was almost okay. two to one. The first downs were almost two to one. The time of possession was more than two to one at the end of the game. First downs, yardage, everything was two to one. If you would just have looked, would have looked at those stats alone at the end of this game and didn't see the score, you would think that this game was 35 to 10. 42 to 10 final. So it's impressive in its own right that Mahomes 
and the Chiefs offense was able to score that many points in the fourth quarter and to make that crazy comeback and to make the score what it was because the this, Patriots thoroughly kind of whooped them, dominated them on the field of play, not on the scoreboard. Is that a Mahomes compliment? Okay. That might be your first ever on wow. this show. Well, he, he made mistakes. He was, he, there was, like an exercise he was not bike. ready. We, we, we get to chew on it until <laughs> we get to talk. He was not ready for prime, for prime time, I think. He made some mistakes. And left he, some he plays out there, the and he wasn't sure. willing to. He got off the problem with Mahomes is he's not willing to always take what is given to him. He is no. almost in the Aaron Rodgers mold. Always wants to make the great play because that's what's made him this big star now. It's is almost, the great big play. It's almost like, and I think he's even a better quarterback than, than Prescott. Than it reminds me of Prescott's sophomore year, like trying to stretch the play and make something out of it. Exactly, and losing home negative runs. yards, trying to hit home runs, just trying to make something out of nothing. Where like a little bit of humbleness goes a long way. Take Brady takes your the days. winning play. Brady yeah. takes the the small winning Throw it away. play. Throw it away. Sometimes Chips away. it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. And it's it's is it pride? Is it Andy Reid pride and not adjust the calls? They're no, just it's, it's like what the, made you a star. So you want to be you want to. Sh- Flash your brilliance. You want I, to show your ability. That one throw that so he had to Sammy Watkins, where he was on the run, that was an amazing right. fucking throw. Right. That was amazing. How I don't know how he did that in the cold in that in that situation. No, I think he's a very special player. He's got a lot to grow up here, meaning the head. You Absolutely. Know, you know, and that's why you see the difference with Brady just being calm and reading it for what he is, and just like not let the moment dictate the situation. He's going to dictate the moment, and that's Brady's. I like that. I like that's, the way you said that, that. That's Brady's whole thing that's mm. been his whole thing so that's why everybody loves to learn and last kudos before we move on he discreetly went over to the locker room asked to see Mahomes basically congratulate him on a tough game said suck my dick young one <laughs> okay alright wearing that goddamn Amelia Earhart jacket so we're, we're moving on, on but we're not really moving on cause we're gonna fucking talk about this goddamn game and, and the differences what, between Brady and Goff. What are heroes, our villains, scapegoats, the play of the game, biggest surprise, scheme change, uh, If what you would change if you were on the losing side as far as their schemes. Uh, going with the hero, I snuck a peek at your notes, Marty. I think we got the same guy. Uh, James White was my hero for this game. Uh, a little bit unsung for me. He only had 10 touches for 72 yards. But it seemed like uh, every just one the of right them, moment. every one of them were at the right yeah. moment, and and just about all of them were for uh, a first down. So anytime you're moving the chains in a championship game, even if you don't have any touchdowns, if you even if you don't have um, really just the one splash play, um, it just it all came at the right time. Very clutch. Hillman Hillman Brady just had this ability to to read where the safe space is. To go, like to, to catch it and to get exactly what you need. And they find that ability. And I kind of put a slash there because I thought you would go that way. And my backup, just to, to acknowledge him one more time, was Gronkowski, just on the blocking, just on the aspect of what he did on the overall, at, what he did for the offense. The, the, the way they're using Gronkowski right now, and I know I always do this, but it's what I know. So uh, reminds me a, a lot of uh, like when a um, second line, second line forward reinvents himself when he gets older and becomes a fourth line uh, grinder type, or a, or a, a roll guy, you know, a third line roll guy. It's like it, when it's, a point guard turns kind of a little fat and he moves to small forward. He's still crafty. <laughs> but it's it's really seems like they're using Gronkowski in a different way. Uh, he's always been a good blocker, but there's it there's 
targeting him for that now. He's, you know, it seems like he's really opening things up for them. And they're, they're more so picking their spots when, when he gets thrown to. Uh, and instead of, you know, using him to march down the field, they're sort of letting him get lost a little bit. And, and uh, you know, he's come, coming up big at, at big times. Uh, Edelman, number one for me. Gronkowski, too. Edelman just makes... He gets hit. He gets blasted on every fucking catch he makes, but he catches all those big throws when they need him. When they need to have it, it's Edelman. It's always been Edelman. It's Edelman. When they need it, it's Edelman. Johnny, who was your villain for this game? Um, on the Patriots side, on the Chiefs side, doesn't matter. Villain for the you game. Stand up. Um, Mahomes. He was my villain going in. Yeah. Well, he's a villain. He's gonna be my. He's my villain. Um, for the Patriots, I would say. Kyle Van, let me say for the hero too. Kyle Van Noy was fucking awesome for the Patriots. Um, on defense, he's really come along. Um, but for villain, it would be Mahomes, and on the Patriots, J.C. Jackson on defense with all those freaking pass interference penalties. He he's a great young corner, but he's just a little too handsy. Yeah. Uh, just like you when you start drinking. <laughs> Fair enough, <laughs> Marty. <laughs> Uh, I only had one villain in the game because obviously I wanted Kansas City to win, so I'm playing against this, but I had Andy Reid as my villain. I just think that getting kind of slapped in the face early on, there's just so many like, he, he just was that factor. I see a villain as somebody taking something away from me, like robbing me blind, and like I just feel like he just did not have the right... Adjustment in the first half. What was he doing well, sitting he, on the fucking sideline him. bench? What was he yeah. doing? He was sitting on the bench. You're the head coach, and your team is getting dominated, and you're sitting down on yeah. the bench. He's do you very ever large. see a head coach do that? He's, he's very, very large. large. That's fine. Uh, he's been large since past pick, kick and punt. That whole fucking video. I was listening was to somebody today, and they were saying, how, "When did they know that they were in trouble as a Chiefs fan?" And they said, "When they saw Andy Reid sitting down." Like hardly paying attention. Well, it's it's the it's one week after the bye week. He's another good bye week guy, but it always seems when he gets to this stage, this this big moment, he just can't come forward. And that's the whole thing is like you see what Belichick and Brady does, and he can't rely on Mahomes to be that dictator of the game. He is the head coach. This is a second year quarterback. He's got to be the guy that adjusts not only on the defensive side because of getting smashed in the mouth in the run game in the first half, but knowing what you're going to deal with Brady in in those late quarter drives. You gotta have a game plan. You gotta have something. I thought he adjusted well in late in the game, but it was it was almost you know I mean it was almost too it was too little too late. But I thought that the offense was so it, and they did this the in week six a, when they played the too. They to scored going. all those points within and it was but it was his designs were good the, because he knew that Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey who combined for only sixty five yards, which yeah. they hadn't been held under a hundred combined all season, all season long. long. He knew that they those two were being taken away. So it took him, he did adjust, but it took him too long no, Walk, to adjust. Watkins got into that. I mean, offensively, I always trust his mind and that ability as a head coach in a lot of ways. But did ever in this game, did the defense seem like they were going to dictate the game in any way? The Patriots, they're, they're, they're part of their plan, and they always say this. We want to play the game on our terms. They yeah. always say going into the games, we want to play it's the game fair. on our terms. Be that cocky. You're professionals. You're, you're elite yeah. at what you do. So carry that attitude. I think that's the biggest difference. Patriots played the in game big, on their terms. Absolutely. All right, my my villain was uh, was 
Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, no Thank matter you. what you do, you cannot beat this guy. He's like Darth Vader. He's completely unstoppable. Um, I mean, there wasn't a single doubt in my mind that the Patriots were going to score uh, to to go ahead um, at the end of the game with you know three and a quarter left. Uh, there was no doubt in my mind when they won the, the coin toss uh, that they were going to march right down the field and uh, score a touchdown, and I hated every second of it. Four Super Bowls in five years. Thanks, Dustin. Fucking villain. Well, Thanks for the support, I want to break guys. The negativity right there. No, listen, come hey, on, bro. Hold on, this doesn't, this doesn't fucking. Wow, look, what did you do to us there? Is that what I did to you? You did that to us. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> I've always hated the Patriots, and more, more importantly, I always hated the Steelers. Yeah. Okay. Well. You both always hated the Cowboys. It's it's. I just easy. never thought anything of the Cowboys. It's easy. Wow. You know what? Wow. But I've been rooting for them. It's easy to root for others when you've been to four Super Bowls in the last five years. So go fuck yourself. Uh, and speaking of go fucking yourself, <laughs> Johnny, what was your scapegoat um, for the game? Who's oh, the big scapegoat? I mean, is there any... I mean, I, I don't think that they're serious. There can't be any conversation... On this, about this subject, about scapegoat, where the answer is not D Ford. D Ford, he's done in Kansas City, and he, it's just a shame because he was near Defensive Player of the Year. As as far as like who's going to be Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah, it's Aaron Donald, but I would say he's top five or top ten right. for the year. Thirteen and a half sacks, seven forced fumbles this year. He's a staple on their defensive line, but and I I'm giving him the excuse for being exhausted because you know. The Patriots wore them down defensively, and he made the huge mistake of lining up offsides on that but key you know interception. That. You know he cost that. them the you game. You gotta know that. You got that's you a big that. moment in the game. You gotta know that. He's it's easy for us to say, but when you're we're in that moment and you're exhausted, and your brain camp is barely functioning. I get it, and I, I put it in the same reason with D Ford. I put Andy Reid back in the same position. He's he's my villain, but he's also my scapegoat. Is like you just remind your players of like. The little things that will fuck us over in Good this point. moment. You set them down. You tell your both. You tell your offensive coordinator. You tell your defensive coordinator. You tell your special teams coordinator. You remind them not to fuck up. This is the biggest moment of our lives. Yeah. I mean, that's that's coaching in my mind. That's where coaching's lost in no, a big yeah. way. I, you're right. Is that they want to be friends and not say harsh things and just. Cuddle them with so money and undis- kindness. Undisciplined moment. You yell in their fucking face and tell them this is the moment, moment you did not fuck us over. For him in a moment of weakness yes. and tired, it, it was an undisciplined Absolutely. moment. Absolutely. It cost them everything. Everything. Hmm. I, uh, unsurprisingly, also had D Ford. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the answer. How can you not? I think we're going to have some common things in the other game when we get to that as well. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, moving on to play of the game, I had uh, Matthew Slater calling heads and winning the coin toss. That was your play of the game? That was my play of the game. <laughs> that is very fair in my mind. Whoever wins that coin toss in my mind goes down and scores and wins. Um, and we have a different discussion about how the overtime takes or how it goes. Yeah. He's looking back. You want me to go right now, Johnny? Uh, yeah, you can go. Um, D Ford. D Ford was your play of the game? That changed the whole game. That is the play of the game. Hmm. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, in my mind, if, I mean, if that doesn't go, if it doesn't go that way, 
then the whole narrative changes completely for the Kansas City Chiefs. My play of the game was on third and five with 54 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Patriots had the ball in the Kansas City 29. Again, third and five. Uh, shotgun Tom Brady, deep pass left to Rob Gronkowski over Eric Berry to the Kansas City four yard oh, line for 25 yards. Wow, that was yeah, a hell of a true. fucking catch. You went catch. up and got that shit. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Reminding us why he's the Gronk. I wish you guys could see this because he puts a pillowcase over his head and he talks like that. He just draws a play out of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> but a close second is the Chris Hogan one-handed snag. Oh, my God. Oh. Catch or no catch? No catch. No, no what? What? <laughs> so, what? Wow. That was a catch. No, you see that shit move. But the new rule. It's oh. the new rule this year where the ball... Uh, now it applies. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm fair and balanced. I gave you guys... I gave you guys the fucking... Roughing the passer, and the refs gave <laughs> the, and the refs gave the Patriots clearly, the calls. The I'm sorry, it was a catch. They had that was a catch. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, maybe it was a catch, maybe I, it's also some fucking fucking subjective now. <laughs> it is so difficult to watch the Patriots always get the calls. You guys always get the fucking calls. This like that's that that St. Louis shit never happens to you. Ever, yeah. Patriots St. Never- Louis shit, or excuse me, um, New Orleans, New Orleans Saints shit, never happens to you. Um, I if you you know we could get into this again, but there have been games where they've been screwed over. I remember the replacement refs in 2013. They went into Baltimore, and Gostowski wow. hit the kick. You know, I remember in 2012, they go into Carolina. Placement refs can't be your scapegoat. No, I'm not. Cleet Blakeman, the ref for this game, when Monday night in Carolina, you would grind on the final play of the game, Gronk Kelsey's getting fucking mauled. I was at this game. And Brady throws him, it would have been a touchdown, Gronk's in his prime, and he's getting mauled by Luke Keekley. Cleet Blakeman doesn't throw the flag, and you know Brady let him have it all the way into the tunnel after the game. But I can really bring up some moments where they've gotten screwed. It hasn't been, maybe it hasn't been in the big games, but... There's times. This you just don't know to see it because well, you hate the Patriots. So. And to take a totally different side, it's the worst year to try to make this relative to the Patriots because the referees fucked up all year oh, long yeah. in so no, many totally. games. They, it's not they, just... It's not just. This has been your burning topic all year long. It has been. And I am certainly not saying that so let's segue the Patriots into the, have anything to do with it or... Or anything like that. But, Let's do uh, the Nesto segue because you've been saying you've been saying it all year. We got a couple more to go here. Uh, what's the biggest surprise of the game? Uh, for me, Tom's two should have been three interceptions. Um, that was my biggest surprise coming in. I mean, can I tell you something about that? Should have lost that game. It should have been Tom's fault that they lost. Well, do you know that teams that are minus two on turnover differential in the playoffs on the road all time going into that game? Oh and twenty two. Oh and twenty two. Okay. Now it's one and twenty two. Yeah. Uh my biggest surprise is that Mahomes only finished with thirty one passes. I thought this was gonna be letting him just only do his 47 thing. plays. I know, but I'm just getting at the fact that if they just would have just more schemed on the passing game, got him outside the pocket. Really put it in his hands. 
it would have been a different, not not necessarily a different outcome, but I thought I thought it was going to be a totally different game. I really thought he was going to go for like forty five to fifty passes. Tom Brady went for forty nine. They wouldn't let him have the ball. Yeah, and when they did, they wouldn't let him outside the pocket most of the time. Mm. They kept him, but they're unabandoned, and they just they just like did these stupid first and second down like little dive plays. They like say, hey, honor the run, but the run was never a threat to these guys. Not really. Not at all. I mean, I just felt like they just needed to like almost go into a, a double tight end set as well with Kelsey. Who could like motion out and just like spread it and or or block it for a play action an RPO? They could have gone to Kelsey because JC Jackson was on Kelsey, they, but Tyree Kill was completely taken out of the game. Yeah, Johnny, what were you surprised about? I mean, nine Super Bowls for Tom Brady. Yeah, I just can't. I can't fucking. This team was eleven and five, and everyone everyone says this team is the end of the Patriots, the end of the dynasty, and that's it. So the fact that they're in the Super Bowl to me, it is a little surprising, and I'm enjoying. I'm gonna enjoy it. I picked Saints and Patriots in the Super Bowl beginning of the year, so let me just suck on that fucking nugget right now. All right, Johnny. Okay. I mean, I'm sure I did too, but I don't know if I really, truly, honestly believed it. But you're thinking uh, we're just hating on you for the the, the fact that they made it. Did we, did, did, as a show, did we make that prediction? We did. Saints Pats. Even at the beginning of the year? Not at the beginning of the year. I know for the playoffs we did. But, I'm, but did, like, when did we start the show? Did we start at the beginning of the season? Week one? And did we oh, make Super Bowl predictions? This is our 13th episode. But we were doing some rough drafts. Yeah. So. Yeah. We started. Um, I feel like we would have made Super Bowl picks. Yeah. Well, we'll have to go back and look. For those of you who'd like to go back and look, you can send the results to at Green Mountain Grinder or at Green Mountain Sports on Twitter. Thanks. Call out other on our shit if we were wrong. <laughs> if you are two Canadian viewers and getting this first, you'll win a ten dollar gift card to Echo in Bradbury. Yeah, the dominance of the Patriots. <laughs> so, um, last last thing, if you're um, the coach, head coach for the losing team, what scheme changes are you making? Uh, for me. Move the pocket more uh, for the Chiefs. Uh, you still have to keep the offense simple because, again, Patrick Mahomes is a second-year rookie quarterback. Ooh, second. Oh, see, goddamn, I fell in too quick right there. But, but once, once they start rolling, um, you know, once they started rolling the pocket over to the right, you know, Patrick was able to get things working and, and starting to sling the ball a little bit. So um, if I could... Could change one thing. They didn't really have like a great drive the entire game. I feel like a lot of their drives were like because of like a chunk play or a chunk pass interference, or I feel like they never really put together one of those Patriot esque drives of 10, 15 plays. I mean, part of that's just the nature they, of who they are as a team. They also couldn't they get fast. anything going. Nothing was over four minutes. They couldn't get anything going on the run either. Yeah. Um, I went very different on the scheme. I went the fact, let's go all the way back to week one and just knowing as a scheme in a franchise, knowing who your players are and standing behind them, a la Kareem Hunt, and a la knowing who your fucking team is and building a solid you, franchise. And I thought I wasn't going to let the Chiefs make the Super Bowl with the Kareem Hunt and Tyree Kills. You know I don't what? want that look. Sorry, just had to throw that in. Scheme change. And it sounds like now he's going to come back sooner than later because a lot of teams are interested in him, and this is the no foundation. I mean, date. I feel like C.J. Anderson and Damian Williams have proven that running backs are disposable razor blades. Mm-hmm. 
No, I agree with that. And I, fucking I, I gave you major props on the social media page with that comment as well. It's like, why would you go after a, a Kareem Hut and fucking take a chance on your franchise? Spend all that money. For something, if you have a genius of a head coach and a good scheme, yeah, topic. Johnny, if, if you were uh, Andy Reid, aside from hitting the treadmill, what else would you do in this game? Uh, double double Julian Edelman. <laughs> Pretty simple. Doesn't that leave... Why, um, why don't you threaten them to go downfield? Why don't you threaten the Patriots? Oh, the Patriots? Yeah. yeah. Or force them to go somewhere else. Yeah. Because when they need it, it's Julian Edelman. When they need to have it, it's Julian That's Edelman. Blows my mind. I'm sorry to cut you off. And you could see it every time, too, when he would, like, you know, he would start out way outside, and he would just do a quick little um, go in motion, just a quick little motion yeah. inside to the end of the line, like the short motion on the short side. Every time, he'd just do it, and then he'd cut up and do a quick little post, and boom, open. He's always, Brady was throwing dimes to him, but it was, it was, it was open every time because, the, you know, the, the coverage just couldn't, couldn't get on top of him in time. And I know it's made fun of repeatedly, social media style, about Brady five yards here. Ooh, look at this long play. But it works. It's so fucking smart of how like, he was throwing dimes when he needed to. The, the, the out and under. It's just a simple aspect and scheme that it works so well. Take, take what's given. Yep. All right. So we're going to take a short break here and leave you with the sounds of the clip of the week. Quick snap, Breeze, passes, incomplete, no flag for Tommy Lee Lewis. Nikel Roby Coleman delivered a hit, and the two officials talk to each other. Crowd's going crazy as there's no flag right on the Saints' sideline. Well, if Nikel Roby Coleman plays the ball, it's an interception. It's probably going the other way with it. I mean, the ball's on the other side of Roby Coleman, and... But that should have been a penalty. And, you, and John Payton is, is justifiably upset. Frustrating, you know, just getting off the phone with the league office. They blew the call. And, uh, man, there are a lot of opportunities, though. But that call puts it first and ten. We're on an E3 plays. And it's a game-changing call. And that's where it's at. So it's disappointing. Credit uh, the Rams. They made enough plays, though. They won the game. The kicker made some big kicks. But for a call like that not to be made, man, it's just hard to swallow. It was simple. They blew the call. They said it should never have not been a call. They said not only was it interference, it was helmet to helmet. There were two calls. They just they couldn't believe it. So uh, some powerful stuff here from Sean Payton. Um, Honorable but, stuff. Yeah, he... He didn't say we, you know, that took the game away from us. He just, it's almost like Rams took advantage of a situation of a bad call, which was a bad call. But, yeah, uh, refs doing what you love best, dictating games, Ernesto. I just could not believe it. And, and that wasn't the only uh, completely blown call uh, of the game, but, you know, we'll get into it. Um, First impressions from the game, and John, we talked about it a lot. It was so fucking loud. Yeah, so I dome. mentioned to you that 
Coach Sean Payton sent an email out to the ticket holders of the game beforehand, basically asking people that were going to the game at the Superdome to be as loud as they possibly can, not just right before the ball is snapped, but for the entire duration of the snap clock, the 40-second snap clock, because what the Rams do, specific to what the Rams do, is they have a McVay connected by headset, like all teams do, to Goff. But what the Rams like to do is have Goff come to the line of scrimmage with this team, set up, survey what the defense is going to do against what they look like right then while they're on the field. McVay then gives him the play or two plays that they can use against that defense. And then Goff makes the necessary changes. And at home, it works like clockwork. And it's one of the reasons they're so good at home when there's, and when there's no crowd noise. But when they've had to go on the road, we saw them go to Chicago on a Sunday night game earlier this year. And they had a lot of trouble similarly to this. They, right. they really struggled to get going offensively. And the Superdome came through big time with the noise in this game. And it was a massive disruption because Goff could not hear a freaking thing. The team couldn't Nobody hear, could anything. hear anything. It even affected the way the Rams were lining up in formation. Yeah. The Rams like, it's like to be, well, not all the time, but you know, the plays, they like to be spread out a little bit. Mm-hmm. They were, all their players, they were all bunched together because they were all trying to, even the receivers were bunched together because they were trying to hear what Goff was trying, was trying to say. And he, Goff was, you know, had to put stuff in his ear ear flaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Was there was some kind of stuffing, and they they had Looks to put like it, taped it, it tape or tape and stuffing or whatever in the ear flaps so he could hear what McVeigh was saying. Something and that was, happened that I'd never seen before. And I don't know if you've ever seen this before. He ran out to yes. give a receiver, Gerald Everett. Yeah, on the far right. He was. Because he had no right. hand signal for him. No like adjustment for that receiver I way mean, out there. Dobson isn't. I don't know. He's not the brightest bulb of the bunch. We saw on Hard Knocks last year, you know, and he showed his lack of intelligence yeah. or whatever about just things in the world. And I just feel like that's why McVeigh is such a huge help to him. Yeah, but I don't want to doubt them now because their resiliency that the Rams showed in this game after going through all of that noise, because the story in the first half was the fucking noise, especially in the yeah. first quarter. And the Saints came out and they got up to a 13 and nothing lead. And the resiliency that the Rams that showed defense, in this game is scares me as a Patriots. That could have been twenty-one nothing easily. Absolutely. I mean resiliency. that defense. That defense stepped up in that. And that they first could have quarter. folded up shop and Absolutely. called it a fucking Absolutely, and just said, you know what? It's above us right now. We're not ready for it. But they're like, no. The Donalds of the world, you know, those guys just stepped up on defense and said, this is our time. Gurley wasn't working. You know, not much was working for them. Could he and they be- just kept fighting? We got. We'll get into Gurley. I'm just like still aloof. Like, what the fuck happened? He's hurt. In that game? He's got that hamstring injury. Still is bothering him. Yeah. Well, that's not what he said. And what he came. Say? He came out with something um, that was that was a lot more humbling too. He said that he wasn't playing well. I think he said he had a sorry game. Was the quote? Uh, and and he said he was sorry as hell, and that they sat him. Due to performance, not due to health, and that, um, um, you know, he was he was gonna do his best to uh, to get himself right for the next game. Who knows? Oh well, anyway, I know we and never know. Gave, gave big he was given the him. time off for the hamstring injury, and he was 
previous games, and that's why why C.J. Anderson's on the team to begin with. Right. And I I think that when you have an injury like that, C.J. Anderson has looked great, man. He has looked, you know, for what he is. He's pretty much held in check this game. Being, I thought. Oh, he know, only had like forty something. Yeah. Like five foot by six foot wide. Yeah. I um, mean. Like but I think when an elite player like that and you have an injury, I think that in the combination with the noise is what led to the two early drops by Gurley. I feel like he was hurting a little bit, the noise, yeah. and he was just off his game. And then, I, I get so, that. So, I mean, and they recognized something early. He was not angry about being on the sideline. He was not bitching about being on the sideline. No. There was something definitely going Last on Last week there. he was, though. Last yeah. week against the Cowboys, he was angry. I, so. just, I just think it's just a little bit of humility. I think like every player thinks they have it in them to do something, but they're also feel maybe they're talented enough to get by without them and save them. I don't know what the what the aspect of McVay and the whole organization is with him. Well, when they, they, he was playing through the injury, he looked like a different fucking player. Yeah, when they could, the offense looked different because he's not didn't have the speed that you used to seeing from Gurley. So when they were running the ball to him, he couldn't get upfield and get to the outside and get his cuts going like he usually could. So I just right. feel like this hamstring injury has been more than what's been let on the entire time. Yeah. And luckily, I mean, luckily CJ Anderson was available to them. All game long, these two just mirrored each other and everything they were doing, passing yards, first downs, time of possession. I mean, it was just a back-and-forth kind of like situation. I mean, great for the Saints to hold on early, uh, but also – for the Rams just to show up and not give up a huge amount of points and hold it in like we just talked about, set a lot and give them a chance just to have an opportunity in the second half. Which so it started out with the, the you know the Saints getting the ball and they march right down the field, look like they were going to score a touchdown. They get held to a field goal. Rams get the ball immediately. Gurley, it ball goes right through his hand. Right. Interception. Looks like it's going to be ten nothing, but. The Rams again hold them to a field goal, keep it six nothing. And I feel like Saints was, score yeah. again, keep it thirteen nothing. So they limited the damage. And Absolutely, the and I feel like there was a, a situation there with that that through the hands girly situation. Like he just didn't have either the f- physicality or the ability or, or or the athleticism to get to the ball, and they made a decision like they got to change the scheme at that point. I don't know if that's true or not. Who knows? I don't know. We'll never find out. It's the playoffs. They're gonna hold that close to their vest. So anyway, it was thirteen nothing, and at the in my opinion, if you're a team like you're you're an NFL team, you go into halftime and everything that could go wrong, everything that could go against you has gone against you, and yet you're still in the game. And I feel like that's what the coach had to have said to them was, "Listen, guys, this couldn't we it couldn't have possibly we couldn't have dreamt of a worse start to this championship game." And yet we're still situation. in it. Yeah. Well, it was th- it was thirteen to ten going into going well, into. Well, that's that. what I'm saying. But at halftime, you could. But but before that, even before that, you, they couldn't have dreamt of a worse start. Right. Okay. Yeah. The start was to say awful. that we're we're within a field goal after the way we started. It could have easily be twenty one to three, twenty one to seven. Yeah. Even still, if you go into that half thirteen nothing, you got to feel good about what your defense has done against that explosive offense. Um, you know, they were really. Uh, Holding them down. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, you know, I'm sort of perusing through this, and Kamara was killing him. Kamara was killing him. That was like it was James White, and I was sure James White tied the receiving record for a running back in a playoff game last week against the Chargers with 15 receptions. 
And I was sure that Kamara was going to break that record. And in the first half, I think he had 10 catches. Kamara did. They were yeah. just using him. So Thomas was covered. And you knew that, that the way that they were Michael not, Thomas... They were not going to let Thomas dictate that ...abused him for 12 catches and 200 yards and the winning touchdown in the first time they played in Week 9. And he was on Marcus Peters because Akib Talib was out. I knew... You knew in this game that... Tlaib was going to be on Michael Thomas, and they were going to send help coverage over the top with safety. And that's exactly what happened. They held Thomas to four catches. So you knew that for the Saints to have a successful offensive game plan, it was going to have to go through Kamara. And Kamara was shredding them in the first half. Every single play to the left, to the right. Kamara for five. Kamara for ten. Kamara for ten. Kamara for five. And a little bit of Ingram mixed up the middle, a few throws to Ginn, but he was carving them up. But in the second half... They, the Rams found a way to shut that down. They held them the one catch in the second half. Fair enough. And then the Ram, and then and then the Saints couldn't they didn't, couldn't figure much out because Thomas right. was covered, Kamara was covered. They couldn't get the run game going. It was you know the only the Rams were started to control this game and Goff yep. looked better and better as the game went along. At one point, he's completed 15 straight passes. And the Saints were struggling offensively. There were one big play, you know, coming right before the end of the game with that Ginn pass that the uh, joiner should have intercepted. But Ginn caught it. And that's what set up all the dramatic pass interference, non-pass interference action at the end of the game. Right. Now, I, in my opinion, yes, the officials are number one to blame. But... The Saints are also the blame. Oh yeah, when we are absolutely I mean, going to so get in. They didn't run the ball on first down. All right, they you didn't know run what? It. Let's just let instead of recapping the whole game, let's just go wanna, right into. You want to jump on the topics here because it's, it's going to dominate the discussion, right? Yeah. So let's just go right into it. Uh, who is your hero for this game? Well. I mean, you want to get silly about it, you can give it to the ref. Um, but if you want to be, you know, I think there's a couple guys. Goff's got to get some credit. But if I was to pick one hero, I would say maybe Greg the Leg Zerline. Kicking a 48-yarder to tie the game and then a 57-yarder. 57 yards is that not a gimme kick. Looked like it gone 70. That guy was just 57-yard kick to win to go to the Super Bowl. I had Greg Zerline. Yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. Oh, yeah. So I'm yeah. not... Four, four I'm not for on four, 14 points. Um, and he had the 36-yarder, too, don't forget, to cap off uh, that drive um, that was punctuated by that fake point. Fake fake punt. That was the turning point. Yeah. yeah. Fake, that fake punt, which the fucking Saints... Saints coaching was bad in this game. They should have been ready for that because the Rams almost do a fake punt every week. Hecker was a former quarterback in high school. They've been doing this. They knew. Fake punts with Hecker for years. What are you going to lose running just a defense against that punt? For years. What are you going to lose? Just leave one guy deep in the backfield. Marty, who's your hero? And that enabled the Rams to get going. I I mean, just for the sake of the show and the narrative and, and what we knew what happened, I went with the refs. They were the hero of the game. And you missed two calls. You miss a targeting call. You miss an inter- interference call. That was so blatant. That was such a key moment. It, it just blows my mind that they were so cl- quick to acknowledge their mistakes after the game. Not to say we had to review it. We'll get back to you. But for Sean Payton to come in an interview an hour ten, past that, yeah. ten minutes, not even an hour, half you know, half an hour, whatever the case may be, and own up to it is huge. And it's going to fucking dictate the rules next year again. 
in the union meetings. And it, it's it's going to change the rules. Oh my god, it's I a mean, legacy it's fucking... changer though because you think about it, it. The Saints should be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right, and say Breeze wins, and that would be his second Super Bowl. Okay, yep. and maybe he walks off into the sunset. Maybe he doesn't. Right. It's a legacy changer. It's Absolutely. not just a game changer. This is a legacy changing non-call. The game was over. And I was talking to a young lady who I work with. It's kind of brilliant for her to say this. She's like, you know, even if they can acknowledge that, do you think the league owes all those guys at least the money they would get <coughs> for going into the Super Bowl as a fine to the league for fucking up? And it's kind of a kind of interesting thing to say. Is like, where's the ownership in like fucking up? A call like that. Did it dictate the game? A lot of different things dictated the game. But I, it's just so... I hate when those things happen in such a huge moment. Because we harp on it and we're going to focus on that. And the fact that the Rams had a great game. The Saints had a great game. But we're just going to focus on the fact that what the refs did in that moment dictated the game. Yeah, that's all we're going to focus on. But the Saints bear some responsibility. Absolutely. So moving right into villains, I had... The referees. Um, I mean, it was just so unbelievably blatant, and you know, uh, Tommy Tommy Lee Lewis just gets fucking smoked, you know, by Roby Coleman, and it, it, it like not only is it early, like really early. Oh, he admitted it after the game. Uh, on the sideline, he was like, oh, I fucking hit his ass. That was early. He was saying it on the sideline right after he did it. Yeah. Not only was it early, it was vicious. I mean, you, right, this you is heard not like a shot. passive like, interference. He like, knew he was beat. Slighted. He knew he was beat. He knew he was beat on the play. Yeah. And he said it, he was willing to take the pass interference call to, to not the allow touchdown, the touchdown, the touchdown to because he knew yes. he was beat. Right. He was willing to take the call. Right. But the refs were like, I don't know what they were like, but they were like, we're not going to take it. The fucked up thing, too, is that the ball was so severely underthrown if he just turned around. If he had just not thought he was beat, because he wasn't beat. Not with the throw that came. No, he was beat onto the corner. He was beat. No, I know, but not on the throw. If if he's like, all right, I'm going to do pass interference, but I'm going to, you know, turn my head and make it look like I'm going for the ball... He'd have turned his head and been like, oh, shit, there's the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and, and possibly even caught it. Yeah. Um, does anybody have any other villains other than the refs in this one? I, I, my second, my close second place was the Rams on defense in the first half, just like being the villain of taking away opportunities for them to score and still keep them in the game. I thought that was huge. This is uh, like Kansas City and the Rams, what we talked about a year. Like, do they have a defense? <laughs> do they have a defense to to stop a, a controllable offense in the in the postseason to dictate their next you know whatever the case maybe their, their next passage to go to the Super Bowl and I thought the Rams defense really stepped up in this game I thought in the first half they were the villains they took away every opportunity for the Rams to to put this out of reach in some ways and uh, Littleton yeah like on assists, he, had, he was involved in like 13 plays. That guy was everywhere. They just played a really good game. It was, it was a great game by that defense. All right, um, moving on to scapegoats. Um, my scapegoat for this game, even though it uh, seems like the refs might be a good one for this one too, 
But uh, I went with Sean Payton on this because with a minute 58 to play in the fourth quarter on the 13th yard line, well within field goal range, calls two passing plays. The Chargers have two timeouts at this at this juncture, right? The Rams. Or excuse me, the Rams. Did I write the Chargers? I'm okay. a fucking idiot. Okay, so let's talk about this. So the first pass play <laughs> to the left. Okay, they didn't get it, and that's fine. But on the second pass play, even if you're going to call a pass play, call it. Make a safe pass play that's in bounds. Like, that was a risky pass play that was also had a good chance of going out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Like, go with something safe. Go with something to Kamara. Go with something quick to Thomas. Like, at least... It make it a safe pass play where the clock will, will keep running. Do you know right. what I'm saying here? I get it. I get it. Like they, and that's Drew Brees uh, you have on offense. I don't understand how you pass that at all. You're uh, on the 13th that, I agree. 100% agree. But if you're going to pass, at least go with one of your staples. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> don't you see what I'm saying? Like, I totally agree. But the lineman go, is checking in as a receiver on this play. Just get both. <laughs> Tommy Lee Lewis, when was the last time he's got the ball? Well, I'm, I'm presumably but, that that was them being aggressive, right? Trying to come up, be too cute, right? Okay, and we we kind of skipped over this, and I wish it's it's our fault for not thinking about it. But going back to the last game, we said what should the Patriots have done when they were down and there was fourth down? They didn't go kick the field goal to make a twenty to fourteen. Instead, they went for it on the Burkhead one. Okay, so before the Saints get the ball back on this drive, okay, it was twenty to seventeen. And the Rams were driving down the field, and they had a fourth down and one. Yeah. Okay? And they decided to kick the field goal. In my opinion, they should have went for it and gone for the win on the road. What did you guys think? I was shocked by that, too. I was I mean, a little that, shocked That was that McVay moment to like it. to come through. That? I said I knew you were going to talk about it. Yeah. I knew. I, like, when it happened... Um, I think I even texted you. I think we, you know, on our group text, I said something like, um, "How are they not? How are they not going for it? Yeah. How, are, how is this team, led by this guy, right. not exactly. going for it in this situation? This feels like a no-brainer." Right, especially you're going to tie the game and let and let and let Breeze just need a field goal to go down and beat you. Why are you going to let in the Superdome? Like, because that, that, that's what, good, what was going to happen, right? <laughs> but if they had went for it, scored a touchdown, they would have been up 24 to 20, and then Breeze would have at least needed a touchdown. I mean, things didn't play out the way you thought they would right. at, at, after this point. But at that point, I was like, why are they just kicking the field goal here? I don't get it. It didn't make sense to me. Because you got to presume Breeze is going to go down and. You have to. You at least get the field goal. Right, get you in position for the field goal. Absolutely. And then, and the other thing, the other benefit of going for it would have had is more clock ticking off because we were right around the two minute mark at that point. Right. So if you go for it, you're you're still gonna let some clock, more clock tick down, and right. less time for Breeze. Very true. Instead, they just took the tie and said, "Go beat us, Breeze." And then Breeze was said, "said Okay, I'll go beat you. I'll throw a fifty yard bomb again. We'll go down the field." But instead of running the ball down, the clock down to zero and kicking them in a field goal, we'll get I'm cute and throw off, some I'm pass gonna, plays. I'm going to throw off my back foot and, and then loft we'll, it. We'll th- throw some cute little pass plays. <laughs> and then when we lose it, it doesn't work. When it doesn't work and we lose, and the refs don't give us the call, we'll blame the refs. <laughs> it's the ultimate. It's the ultimate. Yeah. Like, come around, you know? So they don't take any of the blame. No blame for Breeze, no blame for Peyton. It goes on the refs. It's so easy that way. 
It's so easy that way. You still sell merchandise. Right. <laughs> They're still the heroes to all of us. That's yeah, right. and no blame for them. So, Johnny, who's your scapegoat? I just feel like, okay, so I just feel like Sean Payton and the coaching staff and a little bit Drew Brees, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, um, Bitch Brees. <laughs> Drew Brees deserve a little bit of blame, but I'm going to go more Payton <laughs> because this is the second year in a row. They, do you remember when they lost in the divisional playoffs last year on the Stefan, Stefan Diggs? Long bomb touchdown. Yeah. On the last play of the game, and everyone was like, oh my God, this is crazy. They should have had sideline coverage on that game, and they didn't have sideline coverage. And the play was caught and popped for a touchdown. They took no blame for that at that point either, not having the sidelines covered. You need to have the sidelines covered. Belichick would have those sidelines covered. They didn't. Right. Okay? So no blame for that. And then it comes down to this game, and you have first and goal, first and ten, whatever it was. Pass play, pass play, when just run the clock. Pass play, run play for no gain, and then pass play with the with the um, you know controversial call. But the the other thing too is not only running the clock, you make them burn that timeout and exactly. And Goff was having such a hard time moving the ball. Right, they needed, they needed. But they needed that, that timeout time. absolutely. Good so point. bad yeah. to get over. And and like game plan, okay. These are the next three things we're doing. What they what they what, what the Rams needed to do was never super quick. It always took a little time. You're right. Yeah. Took time to develop. Absolutely. Good point. So I yeah I'm gonna, so you know the refs are clear and obvious. Obviously, Saints should be in the Super Bowl. Saints should be in the Super Bowl. Saints should be in the Super Bowl, and the refs are the clear and obvious scapegoat, villain, whatever. <laughs> But Peyton to get some little bit of blame just to be different. I'm making the Saints fans of the scapegoats if they're willing to accept it. Do you want to stand by the fact that the rest took this away from you, or do you want to be not the scapegoats and hold your franchise accountable? They could have played that game a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, also the the fact that they they get the ball in overtime and then the interception and then you know they, they won lost the toss. The, they, they lost, won the toss. They lost that game. Yeah. Right, and they got their chance. And they had threw an interception. It was a great, a awesome great. Play. I mean, that's that such an underrated interception. What yeah, that guy oh, did totally. right there, and the dome like that, falling and back, yeah, falling back in that moment. Yeah. When you're expected as a defensive back not to catch that, like he rose up right there. Because I was sure the Saints would at least get their field goal. Yeah. I think everyone was. So they'll, they're they're going to get a field goal. Maybe a touchdown. Who knows? But well, the narrative is playing into is going to be a, a field goal kickers kind of game with yeah. Lutz and and Zerline. What with Zerline did in the first half? I mean, in the first regulation play, yeah, I should Breeze say. through that interception. He did not have the game. I think everyone thought he would have. Man, yeah, and four. He partied too hard on his birthday, Johnny. I mean, <laughs> is it both? Is he is the scapegoat right there? Yeah, OBJ and Boatgate number two. That's like, right. He had his big birthday butt bash that his wife threw for him early in the week, and they got Liddy. Look, they got Liddy. His sugar levels were off going into this game. Maybe not didn't put in the preparation time that they needed. It sounds like Breeze should be one of the, the big scapegoats of this game, too. Um, he could be. Honorary scapegoat, Drew Breeze. Uh, play of the game uh, for me was... Uh, 14-23 of the second quarter in punt formation from their own 30-yard line. 
big swinging dicks on this play, calling this play, losing by 13 to a team they've yet to force to punt. Johnny Hecker on a fake throw to cornerback Sam Shields. That was more impressive than anything, too. The cornerback, Sam Shields, <laughs> from the U. <laughs> Gains 12 yards for a first down. Yeah. Completely changes this fucking game. Like, one of the things that I loved about this weekend was that one team dominated the first quarter. And it was like, fuck, this is going to be another blowout. Yeah. Both games, yep. I thought that. And, um, you know... Then there were great comebacks, and then great games ensued. Yeah, the um, resiliency shown was impressive. Yeah, it was just it was it was an awesome weekend. Loved it. My play of the game, uh, shopping. I mean, can you imagine if they don't convert that? You know, you got the Saints at your own thirty yard line, they, yeah, you're losing thirteen nothing. Like, got, I mean, it would at least be sixteen nothing. Maybe twenty to nothing after that. Could the scapegoat uh, scapegoat be? Don't believe in home field advantage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the home number one seeds were won the last five years right. until yesterday. So, I mean, home field advantage seemed pretty good. Like it, you know, for the most part. Last week, right? You because the noise was crazy. Yeah, you know, I had never heard any any stadium that loud. Or have such an effect. They have, have such this... an effect on a team. Hold on, let's talk about this for a second before we continue. Um, we talked a little bit about this. They had whistles at the game. Like lots of people brought whistles. And I did you see the fake Sean Payton in the stands with yeah. the call sheet? Oh my hiding God. the whistle too. That's, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> he looked exactly like Sean Payton. So fucking funny. But I feel like they got to crack down on that. You can't have a noisemaker at the game. That's like at the World Cup when they had those the Vuvuzelas. Yeah, oh Jesus, that was the worst. That was the it worst. It was like playing a World Cup in a beehive. <laughs> yeah, it is unfair advantage because in the dome, the way there's no place for the noise to escape at all. So we just it's not just crowd noise; it's whistles and yeah. That, I mean, poor Rams. I mean, I felt I felt bad for them. In fact, like this sucks. I think I think they got to cut down on that. I think you know. Getting getting uh, people into it is is big, and if you want to yell and scream through the whole thing, that that makes a lot of sense. But having having, you know that that's the same thing as pumping noise in, which you know they used to say that they did at Arrowhead Stadium. You know, you still get, believe. Yeah, it. Indianapolis get, used to do that too. You get Atlanta low, Falcons, low yeah. frequency, low low frequency sound and pumping in just makes going on. makes yeah. everything sound so much bigger. Um, my play of the game was Zerline. The fifty. I mean, the, the what still the deal? Fifty-seven yard. The guy just. I mean, the year of field goal kickers in a dome. In a, in a dome, dome. To be fair, no it's, it's to be fair. Fifty-seven still, yards doesn't need to be but, fired in front of it. Yeah, fifty-seven is fifty-seven. And a year, not only in the play, playoffs, but throughout the course of the season, where field goal kicking has been a huge dictator of wins or losses. And this guy has a little bit of a reputation for himself as being Greg the Leg, the guy, and he stepped up in that, that situation in that moment, and he fucking... Oh, he's a stud. He, he just... He's been nailed. a little off the radar because he was hurt for a little while yeah. there, but he, but he is a man. He announced his he a, he, return yeah. big time yesterday. Congratulations to him because those guys don't get enough recognition in this league for what they do and what they have to deal with. 
And when it goes bad, it's all over the news. When it goes good, it's kind of under the table. But he fucking stepped up and just punched it through for the win. Johnny? All right, my play is in overtime. Let's see here. With 12.37 to go in overtime, the Rams have the ball. And Jared Goff... Avoids the rush by Cameron Jordan on the naked bootleg. Pass to Tyler Higby. Turns his hips. Gets the pass to Tyler Higby. Which look, it looked like a sure loss because Cameron Jordan had him in his grasp. He had him. Yeah. And it was looked like it was going to be a sack. And it was going to be a third and 25 coming up after that. And they were out of field goal range. No. Goff turns the tables. Gets the ball out to Tyler Higby on the naked bootleg. To the right, six-yard gain, gets them down to the New Orleans 39-yard line, setting up, Set up. the Greg Zerline 57-yard game winner. I, that play was unbelievable. Yeah. The way that he was just able to contort his body after that and get that throw over to Higby, knowing that Higby was going in that direction, I thought Goff, Jared Goff showed that he had a, has a massive set of balls yeah. in that game yesterday to I withstand what he went through in the first quarter and the first half, and then to, to break through that, and then the second half complete 15 straight passes, and then in the in overtime have those the one naked bootleg to the left to start that drive to Higby, mm-hmm. and then this one to the right to Higby, where he was just about to get killed on both of them. Yeah. Let's be a little nostalgic here and just say uh, Breeze, Brady... Handing off a little bit of like a nod to like Mahomes and Goff. Yeah, those guys are going to have some great careers. They're going to have a lot of highlights ahead of them. And they and they, they stepped up in a, in a lot of big ways yesterday. You know, yeah, I, was I, I, I know, I know you, you needed to hate Mahomes because you knew you were going to face Mahomes all year long. You knew that was coming. I think he's just not my type of quarterback. I know he's not my type of quarterback. Beat, I mean, I know, I know you don't. You know my type that. of quarterback, yeah, exactly. And like Rodgers isn't my type of quarterback. Like, no. I'm more of a breeze guy. You know? Trubisky, Trubisky kind of guy. Take what's he's given. Just stand in, like, just do it. Winning, get, winning plays, quarterback, not a flashy plays. But hats off to these two, two young. So kids. you're a Peyton fan? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What he did well to that trainer. I'm going to high five you right now on that one. That's pulling down his pants to the, in front of the trainer at Tennessee and getting away with that. I never forgive him for that. No. No. He 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 should have paid something for that debt. For that. He never got in trouble for that. What uh, And then the fucking getting the drugs, the HGH sent to his house in his wife's name. Whatever came in that. Gotta do what you gotta do, buddy. Gotta do what you gotta do. Who knows what Jigel, Giselle, Jigel, Jigel gets in the mail. Jigel. Jigel. Giselle gets in the mail. I'm talking, baby. (laughs) Um, What was your biggest surprise of the game? Goff. Goff coming through. Goff. Goff. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought in that first half, like, this is gonna be a shit show. Yeah. Like, he's not gonna rise to the occasion. Mm hmm. And something just call it McVeigh, call it coaching, call it like whatever the case may be. Something, he had to make the plays. On the something field. happened where he started. He like, made so many big throws, man. Too to yeah. Cooks to Brandon Cooks. Once they figured out that they could keep going to Cooks because Woods wasn't working, Cooks was working, and they found something there. And side, then side note, I'm so happy for Cooks to be back. 
That's gonna be huge. That's gonna be a story. That's gonna be that's a oh, story. Oh, defensive backs know him. I don't yeah. think he'll have a game. No, I'm just saying like. I thought he should have been given a little bit of contract by the Patriots. I thought he should give given another chance this year. As soon as Sammy Watkins signed that ridiculous deal with the Chiefs, that sealed Brandon Cooks' fate yeah. because it set the receiver market as being way too high, and they knew that Cooks' contract was going to be way too much for them to afford. And the Patriots just they don't pay the receivers Patriots like that. They don't do it. They just don't do it. That's too Why much would for you? a receiver. But so. still, I'm saying, I like he, he found too. a team. He flourished. Yeah. He's there. Good for him. But the Rams are gonna. Just topic for another day, but at some point in the near future, they're gonna have to come home to roost and, and pay for all the money that they paid out this year. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, they, they went got, for it. They went got, for it this year. They we knew they went where they need to go. Yes, yeah. but at some point in the near future, all that's gonna come due, and they're gonna you know. That's so they better coaching, win. Well, that's where coaching comes in. Yeah. Can you build teams? Can you right. take lower draft picks and make receivers and linemen out of them and build a team? That's right. that's that's the brilliance of the game. Uh, so my biggest surprise was, where the hell is Todd Gurley? Uh, aside from one touchdown, he only had four carries for 10 yards and one catch for three yards. A um, couple drop passes. We talked about it earlier, how he, you know, he said he got benched for his performance. Health had nothing to do with it. Uh, C.J. Anderson had... Um, his difficulties as well, uh, but he, he went out there, got, I believe, 60-something yards. Um, Saints were good against the run. Yeah. Well, we knew we knew it was going to be hard to run on the Saints. I didn't think it would be that hard with Rankins out, but it was. Uh, but C.J. Anderson, you know, when, when you talk about the snap uh, advantage, uh, beat out Todd Gurley 37-32, to 32, and I, I was very surprised by that. Especially considering... Even after last week? I know he had a big game last week, but I was surprised last week when Todd Gurley wasn't... You know, He just has... He's had these moments, even in the, in the Monday night game with the Rams. I mean, excuse me. Jesus Christ. With the Chiefs. I forgot about him. Like, he just disappeared in the second half. He's had these moments throughout the season where he just disappears. But yet he finished with... He had 21 touchdowns in the regular season. Well, I know. It's, just, it's, a, it's a weird thing... Yeah. It's an anomaly in, in my mind with this guy. It, I think it's the injury. I really do. I, 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 I'm going to stand with I think. You think it's like Melvin Gordon style? I like just, it's, bigger, it's bigger more than it was? Like it's, I think it's that more than it, than it is. Yeah. I think it is. And it's just, it's a hamstring injury. It's a deep tissue injury, you know? Yeah. And players always want to come back sooner, especially when they think things are going well and you're young. Well, I think it's enough of a distraction in the game where they had to honor him when he was in the game. Yeah. You couldn't, like, take your eyes off of him. You still had to, like, spy on him a little bit. So they did not want to just exclusively take him out of the game. They brought him in to big moments. Yeah, towards the very end. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. he had a catch in the, in the game when he yeah. drive. Um, so, scheme changes. Uh, for me, uh, end, of gla- end of game play calling and clock management aside, <clears throat> it was really hard for me to, to pick out something schematically that I'd change. Um, I mean, had that penalty been called... The Saints would have won, and I'd be talking about how, you know, the Rams should have gone for it on fourth and one. You know, um, that sort of that's that's sort of where I'm at as far as what I'd change about this game. I thought I thought both both teams pl- played a, a brilliant game, and I think what what it really should have come down to is. Uh, you know, Sean McVay deciding not to go for the win. 
Yeah, I agree. Because then we'll all be talking about that today. Which is what football should be. How it should be discussed the next day on Monday. Not and The refs should not be lead topic. I agree to that. No, it should be the, the decisions made in the game by the coaches and, and how the players perform and execute on the field. It shouldn't be the next day, oh, the refs did this, refs did this. It's ridiculous. It's so stupid. It should, they, you know, these are like bar room, you know, like um, bar, sports bar conversations that you have with your friends, you know, like do, you know, do you take the field goal there or do you go for it? And you fight back and forth and never really get a solution, but those are the arguments you want to have. You don't want to all be in accordance and agree that refs blew the call, refs blew the call, refs blew the call. Great. We all, we all saw that. We all know that. To, to that end, I'd, you know, um, I, I would have much rather have seen, you know, the, the two, um, two, well, two of the, you know, top three, top five quarterbacks of this era uh, facing off in, what, in what would have been a quarterback's duel. I wanted that. I wanted that. I mean, I called that from the start. That's and the Rams scare me now more than the Saints. I think so. We want to talk about well, scheme changes. More, really? So I'll do my scheme change here. I think what the Rams exposed was the Saints' lack of weapons. Now hear me out. They have Breeze, and they have Kamara, Tom. and they have Thomas. But yeah. if you take out Thomas and you can find a way to contain Kamara like they did in the second half, the Saints didn't have much else. Yeah, they really didn't. They had the bombed again. Begins not. They don't have much else. They He's really don't. The south. You're gonna get one of those chances, like out of nine plays. To go yeah, like go I think field. that the Saints' lack of weapons is a, a, well, a, it's an issue that they need not, to address, and it's why it they tr- it, This is why. But hear me out. This is why they brought in Des Bryant before Des Bryant got hurt, and then once he got hurt, they brought they in Brandon Marshall. They, they brought in Brandon Marshall because they know right. Peyton knew that they're limited, and if a team figures out a way to slow down Thomas and Kamara, they're screwed. Hence what happened in the second half. Right. So scheme, team change. This well, is something that the Saints, I think, need to address. My whole thing, scheme change, was like the whole... It was just exploded how, like, inefficient they were in great situations in the first half off the turnovers in the field position that they could not successfully execute, and they were held to 13 points by the half. Goes, then that also feeds it every, back to if, As a defensive coordinator, you say, oh, my God, we had everything against us, and we came out just 13 points under. Yeah. And like what you said... Nesto, like it could have been thirteen nothing, but you still gotta be feel good about yourself yeah. to see that you're only thirteen down. What this is supposed to be this scary offense besides the Rams and Chiefs? It had to be the Saints. Third up is the most explosive offense in the league coming into this this playoff season in some ways, but you gave them every opportunity like to bury you, and you came out just thirteen nothing. You know that worst case scenario, but you came out with thirteen ten, and you're three points down. That was my scheme. That was like, what the hell happened right there? You had you had to score right there. You had to capitalize in that moment if you needed to move on. So we'll, we'll see if it serves them well in two weeks when they're fucking, you know, it's the halfway through the second quarter and they're down 17 to three, you know, if they can find it within themselves at that point to, to rise up. Because, you know, Patriots are going to come out swinging. You talking, Ram, talking Rams? I don't know. They get down that. I don't think the I don't think the Rams get down on them. I mean, this is a whole other discussion. Right. But I don't think the Rams. Patriots always start slow in Super Bowls. Yeah. They always start slow in Super Bowls. 
They didn't score any points in the first quarter of their Super Bowls yeah. until recently. And Nesto and I were talking about this earlier, and, and this is a whole other topic that we get into next week, previewing this whole thing, but I don't think the Rams' offensive front gives up to that kind of rushing game, even though if that's the scheme to the Patriots. I think they're very their strong defensive up line. front. Yeah. Their defensive front. I don't think they like give that kind of like on the rushing. season they were proven to be able to, you could they were one of the worst they're exposed the run. But, but what they but what I once, saw against Dallas and what I saw exactly, against this game yeah, is like the Elliott right. game is what kind of sort of noticed. I think they woke but, up but against Dallas Dallas all they are is the run like the Patriots will set up the pass to set up the run after that like the Cowboys are like we need to run 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 so we'll see yeah we'll see we'll see but I think okay. the Patriots might be able to find something there well, lots. Uh, but they scare me. They scare me because the defensive coordinator for the Rams. If you were playing the fucking Jets in the Super let Bowl, let me tell you why. Scare you. Wade Phillips. Who did the Patriots lose their last two AFC Championship games to? At Denver. At Denver. Yep. Who was defensive coordinator of both those Wade teams? Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips, who had a great defensive scheme in both of those games. He's. he's the man they been got on for Brady for a reason. They He's got good. on Brady so many. They hit him so many times in both those games. They hit him hard. And Aqib Talib, who's always I, given Patriots problems on the on the cornerback. Aqib Talib is a problem. And that not to mention Aaron no. Donald in the middle and Littleton. Littleton will be a little bit down, but yeah, yeah. He, I think He's Patriots. There. I think the, he. James White's going to have a big game in this one because you look at what Kamara did. The, 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 if Kamara was able to do that, Patriots are going to find a way to, to match up James White against Littleton. I guarantee they overshift and dare them. I, I guarantee they will overshift off Ogan's side and dare them to go deep. I All guarantee right. it. Well, we'll take that to the bank and talk about it next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is that my cue to say something? Right now? <laughs> no. I don't know. All right, guys. Well, thanks for hanging on with us. Uh, and, yep, two hours, Johnny. Oh, my God. Can't What's stop talking. with us? <laughs> we love so what you, we do. If you made it this far, we certainly fucking appreciate it. You can tell us uh, to make shorter podcasts by uh, getting a hold of us on Facebook at uh, Green Mountain Sports, on Instagram at Green Mountain Sports, and on Twitter at for John Downing at Green Mountain Grinder, Green MT Grinder, and uh, the podcast at Green Mountain Sports. Uh, anything else, boys? No, I didn't I think so. Enjoy a week off of football. Hope you can relax. Yeah, we're going to have to find topics for next week. It's not going to be spoon fed to us. No. <laughs> it's be a lot of fucking hockey and hard names to pronounce. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep, and uh, how much we fucking despise the we, Celtics. You know what we can get into? The Celtics infighting. Yeah. Marcus Smart, uh, him flipping out the other night. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. He lost his fucking mind. Good times. There's a lot of frustration in that fucking locker room right yeah. now. All right. Well, we'll talk about it next week. Thanks for hanging in there with us. We love you. Goodbye. <laughs>